Buckle up, everyone, and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, the show where three rugby league tragics talk everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. I'm Shano. I'm the Chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. it's Wednesday and we know what that means. It's another episode of Carpool Rugby League. I'll tell you what, fellas, there's no shortage of uh, things to talk about this week. We're well into the finals and, um, well, then there were six. Yeah, yes, that's <laughs> right. Um, um, what, a, what a weekend of football. Um, you know, I, th- I think it showed... Uh, look, let's talk about the teams eliminated first of all. Um, I, think, I think it showed that if you're going to rely on nothing but Ponga... Um, it's not going to work for you. Uh, you have to have you have to build a team around a player, and that team needs to know how to play like a team. Um, it just seemed like at the end of that game, um, it was passed to Ponga and, and hope it works, and it almost did. And penalty try. Um, we'll talk about the game, but uh, mm. that pretty much sealed the fate. Uh, I think it also showed that there might be good signs ahead for the Gold Coast Titans. They they went down to the wire and should have won. Geez, you know, at the end there, what I like at the what I like at the end was that it wasn't about running over and patting him on the back. It's about saying you bug it up, and that sh- that shows where they feel they are at. And I think that's I think that's a good thing for them. Six teams left, two have the week off, uh, four play this week. It's yet again um, finals football just seems to amplify things by a hundred, Griff. Yeah. Um, uh, last weekend, I thought we got three high-quality games and one mm. walkover, um, which was almost uh, – well, it's not quite what I was expecting. I was expecting the, the Manly and the Melbourne game to, to be the highest quality of games. Um, I didn't see that coming. Um Congratulations to the Melbourne Storm on, on what they did. Um, but the other three games were all very tight, uh, good quality games, and you, you want that in semifinals. You know, um, you got to congratulate the Rabbitohs on a well, probably their best performance of the year in, in that style of game. We've seen them rack up big scores. Um, but what we saw last week in defence, we haven't seen from South Sydney against a high-quality side this year. So uh, hats off to those boys. Hats off to the Roosters for continuing to win games um, where perhaps we weren't expecting uh, such things. And uh, I thought Parramatta, congratulations to them. I know, you know there was controversy about... Uh, about a penalty try, um, the reality was they were already in front, and I mm. thought they were the better team. They were, they just uh, they bashed Newcastle, and um, in saying that, the Knights kept coming back on the scoreboard. But uh, high quality all those last three games, and the highest of high quality was the Melbourne Storm uh, on uh, in that first game on Friday night. So, um, yeah, for if you're a rugby league follower. 
uh, and you watch those four games, you couldn't really have been too disappointed unless you followed uh, one of the losing teams like me. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, definitely um, you hit the nail on the head there, Griffo. One of the main points that we want to get over the line this week was the fact that, um, you know, there's been a lot of talk and we've been guilty of it throughout the season where we, we almost said there's class tiers and we, we, we highlighted it last week with some of the grades and said, you know, we've got our teams out the front, then we've got our pretenders. It was really good to see four games on the weekend. Three of them could have gone either way uh, to argue in the storm. Well, they were, they were just absolutely superb. And uh, it would be remiss of us not to talk about these games in more detail, given that we are at uh, finals time. And uh, just to go through um, in order of uh, when these games were played, we'll, we'll start off with the Storm's win on Friday night over the uh, the Seagulls. This one happened on the Sunshine Coast, 40 points to 12. Uh, this was one of those games, Shano, where a lot of people were were looking for a... Um, look, that, I think a lot of people expected a tighter game, especially considering the form that the Seagulls are in. Um we didn't see as much of Tommy Turbo as we have in the past. And really, for for the Melbourne Storm, they did what they do best. They they had the ball, I think, for over 60% of the time and completed over 90%. It's going to be hard to beat teams, let alone the Melbourne Storm, when, um, when they basically control the ball in that fashion. Yeah, Graham. And, and look, I think I think the surprising thing when we talk about the Manly Seagulls is that is that we were sort of looking at them playing this type of football that we've come to see them uh, produce over the last few weeks. And one of the things after the podcast, funnily enough, I was talking um, I was talking to our brother Justin, and and I'm sort of saying, you know, before the game with Manly, I actually. It, it's sort of the penny drop for me that it's actually a massive game for Manly and it's a real trouble game for Manly. I think a lot of us got lulled into this false sense of security that they'd won a couple of games by massive points. But if we go back to round 17, they lost 30 to 16 to, to Canberra and, and then they beat the Dragons um, fairly well. They beat the Tigers. They let the Tigers put 24 on them that day. Um, they then beat the they then beat the Sharks. I think the Sharks put twenty two on them on that day. Got beaten by the Storm, um, which was twenty eight eighteen. Um, and then and then they beat the they beat they thumped the Eels. The Eels just did not show up that day. And it was that game against the Eels. I think that we all sort of look at and go. That was that's when they come to the to forefront. And then of course, um, uh, Raiders again. By one point, and um, and then they win from there against the Dogs and the Cowboys. I just think that was the problem: is that we look at we looked at them coming into the game. They they got one point against Canberra. Canberra finished outside the eight. They thumped the Dogs and Cowboys, which they should thump. And I think I think we thought, well, looking at that coming up against the team. I think what killed Manly was they just had no top eight intensity games that we'd seen all. We'd seen Tommy Turbo run right. We're seeing all these, you know, we see Ruben Garrick and, and Saab bring it out. We saw their forwards dominate. Cherry Evans and 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 um and 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 four and are having a field day. 
And and then all of a sudden they play the storm and, and the storm and the storm just go no. Right. You you let these sides put twenty put twenty and thirty on you. <laughs> you you're not you know, we're gonna do we're gonna do the same and more. Furthermore, we're gonna strangle strangle you out of the game. I thought the way they nullified Tommy Turbo was brilliant. And what they did was they just made him work. They made him do the stuff that fullbacks hate doing, and that is getting him for scoots when the forwards are tired. That is making the forwards go back. It, you know, he had to do forwards work. So when he was called upon to do um, to do his work, it, it wasn't there. And I think that's that's Melbourne. That's they are so clinical and smart. They compress their defence. They were up and in. They they really controlled the ruck. And I think that's look for any young footballer. It's a term you don't hear enough of anymore. Is 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 Melbourne controlled the ruck, and and they strangled them out of the game. I I, I really think that when I now I was I was actually going to say who 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 do I want for the storm? Like who who would I who would I say the storm? There's six or seven storm players that when you look at them in isolation and looked at them individually. They did their job perfectly. They jammed in. They stopped Tommy Turbo. You watch it when they when when Turbo ran, not one of them stopped. They were all on their toes moving about. So he couldn't he couldn't get the gap. The minute you plant your feet to a guy like him, he knows you're in cement and he's off. And I think that I think that he I think in some ways they gave a blueprint of what to do with defending a side like that. Compress your defense, get shove them down there, get in, gang tackle your forwards, set that line so it's solid and make them work and make them do work they hate. Fullbacks hate scooting. They hate hitting forwards. They hate doing that. And and, and Melbourne were clinical in that. And, mm. you know, I, I think they, they put 40 on um, as a – Bit of a purist, I actually think their defence is what needs a shout out. I, I, I think Bellamy would be upset with the twelve against them. To be honest, um, they they came, one, one came from a, a <laughs> yeah yeah of course and the yeah, other yeah, yeah, that's right they all come was, from, um, yeah. Jason that's Saab right. is that's right you know, two that's feet, right two meters that's high right. and just that's right these that's right and I think yeah. that's where they they didn't you know he, set play, he, so to speak. I would, I would almost think Bellamy would have wanted a clean sheet the other night. The way they were defending and the way they were putting in, it was, it was it's so hard to do. It's almost yeah. impossible in rugby league, but, geez, clinical. They'll be looking at that at training and looking at their defence and, and, and so on, the storm and saying, okay, you know, they're, they're, they're the type of perfectionist that uh, want to get all these things right. Can I – sorry, and- Greg, can I add one more thing? If they don't fix up their defence manly themselves – the roosters are a red hot go. Mm, yeah, and it's interesting you say that because I was I was going to piggyback off um, one of the points you made earlier, which was which was one that's that's come I suppose to light, especially this week. Uh, Daily Cherry Evans was in the media and and talked about you know he was asked about Tommy Turbo and the impact and being contained, and he did make a good point, and it was you know not that he was blowing his own trumpet, he was talking as a representative of the team and putting forward the efforts of the whole team. And and it goes off the back of what you were saying, Shane. There are a lot of things have to fall into place. It's not just simply, oh, give it to Tom Turbo and it's going to work out. 
A lot of other things have to go. The forwards have to go forward. The halves need to control, so on and so forth. The point I'm making is when the Melbourne Storm don't allow that uh, that play at the start, you know, I was almost going to say the full play to happen. Um, you know, Tom Trebojevich can't come through and finish it off, so to speak. Um, but you get what I'm sort of saying. That is yeah. really good there because when yeah. people go back and they, they talk about some of the strong points of Tom Trebojevich's game, they're looking at run meters. Um, Tom Trebojevich ran for 151 meters the other night. He ended up getting his hands on the ball a fair bit later on. He, I think he had about 15 runs. The fact that the forwards and the halves weren't able to, to organize and lay that foundation, Melbourne really shut that down well. And I think that's a real credit, Griffo, to um, you know, the Melbourne Storm because Manly, they just, they just seemed suffocated. They couldn't play that football that they've played against lesser teams. Melbourne Storm were outstanding. Um, Manly's been running roughshod over most teams, but I guess you could make the point that a lot of those teams they were smashing, uh, and I don't mean smashing, smashing baby. baby. Um, I do mean uh, <laughs> they were beating some of the lesser lights. They, they were. Absolutely wiping, wiping them off the ground. But then they come up against what I think now is the best, well, I thought before the week, but sort of confirmed on what we saw last week. The best team in this competition is the Melbourne Storm. So um, you've got to get over the Melbourne Storm if you're going to be the premiers because they are currently yeah. the best team. And they prove that again. Not that they needed to prove it, but they just did it again. And I've rated Manly quite highly in this, let's say, second half of the year. I didn't rate him so highly at the start of the year, obviously. But they took Turbo out of the game. Um, and if Turbo's not involved heavily in the game, then Manly simply can't win against these high-quality sides. Um, in saying they took him out of the game, uh, and I think, um, you know, we were in communication during this game. I think Melbourne defended a couple of uh, a couple of sets on their own line. Manly was attacking. Can't, not sure which half it was, but Tommy Turbo didn't handle the ball in two sets of yeah to, uh, on their line. Yeah. Um, so I couldn't quite understand that. I don't, I don't, early, early in the yeah, second was, half. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I was commenting the same. I was thinking, I was thinking, what is going on? Like, and I just think they're at a shambles. I just think they were just too. They were just at sixes and sevens in their attack. But if <laughs> no, you look, they didn't they to get him, him involved. They knew he had no, to be. They also showed this know. aerial view. They showed this aerial view, and I, I I'm assuming it's a cross. I know. I'm assuming it's it was probably done by one by one channel and the other channel grabs its feed. They showed this aerial view, and I don't know whether the other commentators of I'll be honest, I was watching KO and I don't know whether Channel Nine brought this up. Um, they showed this aerial view, and that you could throw a blanket on them. There was no shape, there was no form. They had Fords loitering in the middle. It looked like an aerial view of an under sixes soccer match. It, it really did. It, it just had no shape or form. And you think even if you gave it to Turbo in that case, you'd get belted. Anyone would. 
Like, mm. it was just you could throw a blanket over them. I, I, I agree with Griff. It was I, just... Yeah, I don't think they it were was ready just for the intensity weird... of final no. football. It was like and they you know were what? When expecting it to be like a regular game. When the best you've done, when the, you know, when the best you've done that extra gear. recently is beat, beat the Raiders by one, maybe. Mm. I don't know. I, I don't know. I just... I agree with Griff, though. Um, they didn't get the ball to him. And, and when you looked at the aerial view, it was like you could throw a blanket on the lot of them. Look, the, um, the main player that we have to talk about in this game, we can't really move forward without mentioning the flying Dutchman, Ryan Pappenhausen. Um, Brilliant. The, the, yeah, what else do you say? He was phenomenal. Um he, they've got some talent in this squad. This, the the thing about the Storm is, you look at certain positions. Like, I, I think of Ryan Pappenhausen at fullback, and then you've also got in the squad Nico <laughs> Hines, who is an amazing fullback as well. You know, they've got two of the best fullbacks in the. Who, who in the same interestingly team. enough, who interestingly enough, Grant and uh, Smith. Interestingly enough, correct me if I'm wrong. But in his junior career, I never remember Nico Hines at fullback. He was always in the halves for me. So yeah. it just goes show it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't show it doesn't I'm not I'm not making the point that you know all of a sudden, you know, it just shows the caliber of how they can grow a player. That mm. that any other player out of their position makes headlines. At the Melbourne Storm, you just do the job. Yeah. They're they're a machine and they just interchange players. Um Look, the Melbourne Storm, Griffo, they get the week off. We know that's very important. And I'll get straight to the point now because it's something that I wanted to bring up later. The teams that rested players in round 25 of the Premiership looked a lot fresher this week. Um, how big's the week off? I think the week off is a big thing leading up to the preliminary final. I haven't worked out the stats or anything like that, but I think over the last few years, I think we've mainly seen the teams who've gone in there first have gone on to, to play in the grand final. Yeah, things like um, one out of the last 13 or 14 teams. It's it's, it's a really low, it's, it's, yeah, it's, I think, it's I think really, interesting, interestingly enough, going back, and I, I, I did this sketchily, just before I jumped on on the Zoom, I think I think the last time it didn't pay dividends was 2014. It's a long time ago. It was That's Penrith. Seven years. Penrith got beaten by Canterbury. Canterbury. That game, but it 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 helped. Like South Sydney played um, Roosters, and I think before that. Interestingly enough, before that, it was two years. It was no, before that was one year. South Sydney got done by Manly after South Sydney beat the Storm in week one. Right. Yeah, so look, it is big, Griffo. Um, this this team they're in good form, and when they're rested, we'll talk about the teams and the implications going into to week three a bit later on. But um, they're looking good, the Storm. Yeah, they are. As as um as it sits at the moment, I know they have been competition favourites for for quite some time. But um, 
Yeah, as I said earlier, um, to win this premiership, you're going to have to beat the Melbourne Storm. Um, and that is not an easy feat, no matter who you are. And I, I, I really thought Manly were a chance last week. I did tip the Storm, but I thought Manly were going to really challenge. And uh, they just made look Manly look second rate. Now, part of that might have been Manly's own fault. They made a lot of mistakes, but mm. um, part of that was also the pressure applied by the Melbourne Storm. Yep. Um, it's hard to see anyone but the Storm winning this comp at the moment. I know there's five other teams that are going to disagree with me, but they, they look to be well and truly in the box seat. Yeah, they, they deserve to be the red-hot favourites. Um, anyone who knows anything about rugby league, they're, they're the team to beat. They have been throughout the season, but coming out of week one, that's the that's the big message we see. For Manly, um, because they did finish in that top four, they do get a second crack. Uh, they're going to take on the Roosters... Uh, next week, or this week coming, I should say. That's more accurate. Um, the Roosters defeated the Titans 25-24. We talked about last week, the last time these two teams played. It was a one-point um, one result. This time we had um, 25-24 as opposed to 35-24. But for the Roosters, uh, they, they continue on. They will play Manly this week, and we'll get into an in-depth preview of that. There's a lot of talk and a bit of controversy, I suppose, about this game in a sense that um, the Titans had some chances that they may not have um, capitalised on late in the game, Shano. What we've really got to remember here is, um, look... Oh, it was... It's, yeah. It's, it, it is tough. It's finals football and it hurts. But the good teams, they, they, they tend to get things right this time of year. And unfortunately for the Titans... Um, yeah, they, they got a few things wrong, and yeah, uh, yeah. Can I, okay. I, I'm assuming you start. I, I, I'm going to talk anyway. If we, so, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, I'm going to talk about that last minute, and I'm going to say two things. Number one, it's it's a massive wake up call to the NRL to now check every point that's scored on a football field. It looked like an NFL game out there when he set up for that field goal. Yes. There were that many players in front yeah. of him that blocked the, the block people coming through. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I look, look now fins up. Hey, one on the one, two. Yeah. Take that, yeah. Patriots. Take that, Patriots. And, you know, like I, I love the NFL. I love watching the NFL. It looked like an NFL play out there. And that's why they've got to start, mm. they've got to start checking. They've got to start checking um, field goals in, in finals football. And yeah. They probably should check them all the time. I don't know. Well, all but the tries It was checked. just You're horrendous. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Hmm. That, okay, you're not going to check a bloody penalty goal. It happens. But, you, you know, like if you're going to check tries in this context of the game, I really thought – anyway, it looked like – and yeah. maybe a discussion for another, I don't know. And, and look, but we don't want to be one of those it looked media like, outlets. Um, if people want no, no, to hear no, about just, that debate with the um, it, yeah, yeah. With the blockers, just, we're not going to just, get too deep into it. Yeah, if we can, no, it was but in the it forefront, like, though, and it was ignored. It was in the forefront, ignored. Secondly, the, the Titans get the ball. <laughs> they run down the field, pass the ball on your left, and you probably score. Because you got time. They had time. Yeah. They still, the bell had the hoot. The bell was all right. 
Then when they spread the ball to the right, you know, I, I love it. Uh, I, I'm going to say, I'm trying to think who the coach was, and I can't think of it now. Um, Brian Smith. Brian Smith used to say, you can only do one thing at 100%. When you start to try to do two things, the best you're going to get is a 50% chance. The port, the you know, with, with, when they had the ball out wide, he had fifty six different things going through his head, and he chose the wrong one. Fafita, his ball should have gone to after it didn't get thrown to the right. The ball should have just been thrown to Fafita. Said, mate, do what you can. I I think the I think what I and you know, and then the ball went over the sideline, and, and the rest is history. What I loved, and, and people are going to say, this isn't Shano. What I loved is that they, went, they, they were angry. They hit the ground and no one went over to him and patted him on the back and said, it's okay. For, for a minute or two, it hurt. Mm. And that was the first time I'd ever seen anything matter to the Gold Coast Titans, to the Gold Coast brand. Yeah. Forever. That was the first time I'd ever seen something matter. And I yeah. thought, I don't know about the football, but the psychology's right. Yeah, Shane, and- I, I think I'll, I'll pick up on that. Sorry. Yeah. One that the, the guy that <clears throat> I think you're talking most about was Corey Thompson. Mm. Corey Thompson. Well, go up deluxe. Yeah, yeah. He, 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 I think he was in he was in the forefront and he you know it mattered because you know what he rips in every week. Yeah he's one of their good players. And if that passes from the contact he scores. It wasn't it wasn't just that incident, although obviously that was the most important. But yeah, he hardly us, seen the yeah, ball all yeah, night. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's I didn't right, even know right. he was on the field nah, till the second nah. half. And and you know what? No but, but no one come over to him. Not one player, and I've looked at this back because when it happened, because you guys know I've got a bit of an interest in this area, it didn't know what. And even everyone just walked like there was no, like the thing that frustrates me, you know, and I, you see it in your teams that someone knocks on and they go, one more set. And it's like, yeah, we didn't need one more set, mate. Just hold the ball, you know, or they pat someone on the back, everything's okay. No, it's not okay. What you did and our season now is not okay. And and what got it for me was that's the first time I've ever seen something matter to the to the Gold Coast franchise. Yeah. You know, like that's for me, looking at that as a football fan, I go, wow, for, with the right players and the There's right personnel, that's right. You don't see passion in that team too often. Actually, I, I can't remember a time where I could say I honestly did see it. And all of a sudden, it, you saw it. And I thought, that's it. You know, that that's the catalyst. They're going to be a top. I'll, 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 look, pencil it in now. They're a top eight team next year. Was, On the back of that, it, yeah, it, ma- it matters. It, it, it hurt. Mm. It's not that we're lucky to be there. And thank you to everyone because we're in the finals. It's no, we should have won that game and it hurt we didn't. I think this is a massive pivotal point for that franchise. Mm. Because sorry, it mattered. It mattered. Yeah. I was just gonna go to Griffo just to just to piggyback on that because I know that you were talking a bit about 
Thompson. Um, I just wanted to get your thoughts on the Titans because I know we're going to talk a bit about the Roosters. My my thoughts with um, you know, we're, we're focusing a lot on the Herbert non-pass and pass over the sideline. Yeah, I mean, look, if that that incident doesn't, I know it's a big if, but you know, he, he had some great some some good contributions during the game. I just want to get your thoughts on the Titans. Um, a lot of people are saying they should have won. We've got to remember they were gifted a try about tw- 10 minutes earlier than that. Um, a lot of us, you know, we even used the terminology making up the numbers in the finals. Uh, what, were, what were your thoughts on the Titans? I mean, obviously they didn't get the job done, but that, that, that could have gone, you know, either way okay, as we've look, discussed. You know, um, yeah, I was impressed that um, with their performance overall. I actually thought the Roosters were the better team for 80 minutes. Um, the Titans did get lucky uh, when Ikevalu gifted them a try. Um, I, I might only, talk about that later. Yeah, yeah. The only thing he... <laughs> yeah, he, he yeah. Just, I, I reckon that... I reckon yeah. might have a he didn't, uh, yeah. he didn't put it in wrapping paper and ribbon it up. That was the only thing he didn't do for them. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, look. I thought they, a few times I thought, oh, they're out of it now. The Roosters maybe kicked ahead by 12 and I, and I thought that's it. But they kept managing to find a way to get back in the game. Um, yeah. So I've no doubt that their coaching staff would have been proud of the effort. Extremely disappointed with the result. Um, they are, <clears throat> they are, building towards becoming a you know a, a legitimate rugby league football club now which you couldn't probably say for for a lot of their their time in the NRL although they did have some good years um uh, initially yeah uh, where they were they, making semis and I remember when yeah. Greg Bird was in the side Luke Bailey um they were a tough a tough team the, um, the, not overly talented so- no, the thing for me is once those caps concessions and everything dwindled, it was almost like that was it. We have to work now. <clears throat> I know that's a horrible thing to say, but that that's the way it felt. And I'll tell you what highlights that when you when you look at the fact that okay, we don't have the cap concessions, we might not get the superstars. We've got to start bringing some young talent in. One bloke I want to talk about before we we move away from the Titans. We haven't talked a lot about on this podcast, and I think he handled he's handled himself rather well. Is um young Jaden Campbell? I was just going to get your thoughts yeah. on him because we haven't talked yeah, about him much on the well, podcast. Been I think, a I think he's bit, been but, great. But this but is a team look, without AJ Brimson. Well, yes, oh, that's, look, what and I was that's going to bring up. That, that, that's yeah. I was actually yeah. I was going to bring up the same. You go, Griff. Yeah, but, AJ Brimson. I mean, the future looks bright. You got. Campbell, who's only played a handful of games, but he shows class. Um, doesn't look like a rugby league player. Um, hasn't got the build of a of a modern day rugby league player. It's funny. I, I I said the same thing, Griffo, and it's like, who was the last player that you can think of that really didn't look like a footy player that didn't have the build? It's his dad. Was one of them, <laughs> you know, like you know what I mean. Yeah. Like you, well, you think you there think well, poor poor yeah. bugger. The poor bugger, as far as size and height goes, he's snookered by genetics. But 
He's got thank the height. God, thank God skills got him. Yeah, if he can, you know, it's like, I'm going to say if he can put on a bit of bulk, but if he puts on bulk, maybe... Sometimes that hurts. Speed. Yeah, now sometimes that thing, hurts, doesn't it? I've, I've heard an interview with, um, with the Flying Dutchman who was, you know, there was talk about him being too small. And he's not really got the build of a rugby league player either, to be fair. Mm. But... Um, but they went the way of, well, his biggest attribute is his speed and his agility. We don't want him to lose that. So oh. I guess you can look at a similar, similar thing with, with Campbell. Yep. Obviously, he's got to have some strength there to be able to get those consistent knocks that you get as a rugby league player. Just um, tough. Pull back in the middle. Yeah. Just tough. He's just tough. Like, you know... You see, you see it in the schoolyard and playground. Sometimes some kids can take a hit, and some kids can't. He's one of the kids that can. Yeah, look, he's you know exciting, I mean? and I think you know AJ Brimson is is also an incredibly talented player. So Queensland State of Origin player. He's going Brilliant. to be in your thirteen. Brilliant. So, oh yes. Um, yeah. You know, maybe they try and look at him as a six, a running six, I guess. Wouldn't um, wouldn't really play making to, to Fogarty oh. or the sex bomb. I mean, they they signed the sex bomb long term. Uh, he's still young. He's talented. He's more of an organised player. Could, so. could you imagine the attention that a, that that one edge would attract if it was Fogarty, Brimson, Centre, and Campbell? Like like it's literally you either running on someone or your feet's in cement. The winger on that side would score tries. It'd be like Alex Johnson. They'd score tries every day of the week. But it's 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 looking good. Mm. Yeah, there's 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 a future there for these guys. Just on that last game they played, and that mad minute at the end. Um, big credit to um, Bo Fermo who made the break. He's yes. he's had a breakthrough year himself. Yeah, um, he doesn't have. <clears throat> the profile of some of their other um, big name forwards, but uh, gee, he's been good. Yep. However, um, they really should have scored on that play. Um, yes. They just couldn't yeah, manage to, between him and, and Philip Sami, um, they managed to find a no try. I mean, at least they didn't lose the ball, but. Um, I think I don't know whether they had a two on one with Teddy, but it looked a little bit that way. They just couldn't didn't know when to pass. Sami had almost overrun him. And that gave uh time for for Walker to get back. Now Walker missed the tackle initially on Fermo to for the break. So credit to yes. Walker who um came and, and made the tackle from behind on uh, on Sami. Um, and then, of course, uh, you know, we know what happened after that. But yeah. uh, for those Gold Coast supporters, they would have thought when that break was made, we win this game. And unfortunately, of course, uh, history now shows that the Roosters held on and, uh, you know, good luck to them. But uh, certainly, the future mm-hmm. for the Titans looks bright. Yeah. yeah. I think Fulmer, he's uh, he probably saw, you know, He's, I suppose for a guy who's played the, I think he's played, oh, 
15, 16 games this year, scored four tries. You know, he can. He probably looked. He, he's just. He's just never been in the position of what the hell do I do in here? Yeah. Out here? You know, and and, and that's good because yeah. you know what? Next time he's in that. Next time he's he's in this position, he makes a difference. He he does the different thing, and you learn your lessons hard in rugby league. You'd like to learn them in the other twenty-five games of the year. Sometimes you learn them in the finals, and um, you know, it's it's. They'll remember these ones. Yeah, that's right. And and look, a lot of the young blokes, sometimes the, the experience shows at finals, and we know the teams that have experienced players, they have the opportunity to show it. Um, on the other side of the coin, you guys have talked about and uh, some of these more inexperienced players that are standing up, and it would be remiss of us not to talk about Sam Walker. Uh, limited minutes, but um, one very important play was the, the field goal. Now, yep. this young bloke, um, credit where credit's due, uh, cool head, got the roosters over the line, scored the winning points. Oh, yeah, he did. <laughs> you know, he, he came on the field. Um, I suppose I suppose the big question is going to be what role does he play next week? Um, you know, you're not going to be coming on in the late in the game to score a field goal next week. Um, I just, yeah, I, it was a big play and he made it and, and he can do that. Look, I'm not, not I'm the not, first time either. He's doing no, it. No, 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 I'm not being, I'm not being rude or, or, or indignant, indignant to him. He's, he's a very good player and, and he, he has a lot of skill. It's interesting. There's an article out today actually on Walker intensity, just how, just how, if you look at intensity points, he, he steps the roosters up. I, I I question that if he does all that, well, then why isn't he the starting half? I, I think it's because, look, he's a young player, and I don't mean any disrespect when I say this, sometimes, and, and look, you know, this is the thing, and I think this is with we look we look at football players and football teams through rose with through rose colored glasses. Sometimes I think we've done that a bit with Manly. Um, no, and, and look, I, I mean, no disrespect with here, Griff. I think we've done that a little bit with Penrith, um, but I think we do that with Sam Walker. Is that you know we look at it as, as you're only as good as your last minute. Well, no, you're only as good as your last eighty. And you know what? There's times when he's played eighty minutes, he's rocks and diamonds. Oh, and no. you've got to you've got to be you've got to be honest and real about the fact that the coach against the Titans wasn't a hundred percent sure. Now he come on and kicked the field goal, and congratulations to him because he can do that. My question is: Was the coach thinking, what's he going to do to cost us? Mind you, Ikevalu done the same, but you know, like, and I, I just think that. You know, we sometimes look at teams, we look at situations with rose-coloured glasses without looking at the whole situation. And when I look at, when I think about Walker, I think that he's a young man with immense talent, immense talent. There are some mistakes that hopefully experience wean out of his game and the mistakes don't come about because of arrogance. Because if it's arrogance, you're going to make them every week. And I can think of very good footballers that make the same mistakes week in, week out because of arrogance. 
if it's because of inexperience, then he is going to be a, an exceptional footballer in his career. And the team sheet for next week, the final team sheet, will let us know that. Yeah. Drop mic. I think it's interesting. Look, there's, depending on who you talk to, you could have a debate. You could get um, 20 NRL fans in a room and you might have 10 walk to one side and say, I'll argue for Sam Walker starting for the Roosters. The other 10 might argue against it. Um, I'll be honest with you. I reckon that, look, they both have fair arguments. It's very hard, I suppose, when he's playing nine minutes of footy to to give a, um, you know, a fair assessment of where he's at at the moment. But... You know, I, I know finals is a different beast and all of these sorts of things, but I think he has had some times throughout the year where he's where he's proven that he can be a first-grade halfback. And we've got to remember the guy's 18. Um, you know, I, I think the... I'm trying to think. The, the first game he might have played was very early on. It might have been the Warriors one. Um, and he had a great game there. He, he had a try assist, some tackle breaks. Um. Look, there was that Anzac Day clash with the with the dragons. I, I, I think it, it, it's hard. I think he's the type. They're of in bloke, a horrible situation. He's the type you of know, bloke like, that finds himself. Kiri find doesn't himself, get injured. Yeah, Kiri doesn't get injured. You know what I mean? They're in a, yeah. Like I could argue why Drew is, Hutchinson uh, shouldn't be in the team. The, just the, as much the as roosters. The roosters are in a horrible situation right now. And and you know we got to do our we're going to do our our picks later on and maybe their luck runs out on the weekend, but they're in a they're in a woe of hurt. And look, you know another thing coming out of this game, boys, Sam Verrills. Yeah, and look, we'll, we'll you know we'll, like we'll talk about that hit, hit a guy on the beak and uh, he'll, he'll it's be done. Missing. It's yeah, it's it's a very interesting situation. I think just before we move on here with Sam Walker, given the fact that you know he's doing these nine minute cameos. I don't know if the Roosters are looking at going, look, the night, the, the 10 minutes at the end are working. Last week he came on and he was fresh and made a difference. I think you make a couple of good points though, Shane. I think it's going back to the conversation we had about um, Jaden Campbell. I feel as though the Roosters are a bit concerned about him being a defensive liability giving you a slight frame. Well... <sighs> I'm going to go one step further, Graham, and this is going to be sound horrible. I'm going to bring up his technique. I think his technique is all wrong. I think it's very good. Look, the guy's 18. I'm not going to start whinging about size and anything, but I think I think if he wants to start learning how to defend, I'm going to give him two halfbacks, and, and, and they're associated with us. Um, uh, three know. years ago, there was a... There was a three years ago. There was a there was a poll done of halfback defensive halfbacks. Adam Reynolds won by a country mile, and the other guy who I rate as a defensive halfback who doesn't get the accolades in this regard but should is 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 um, Nathan Cleary. I think if he started looking at what they do, they don't they don't use their shoulder and see he leads in with the shoulder. What they do is they stand in front of the player and go run over me. And if you run over me, good on you. But at the very least, what you're going to do is trip over me. 
and I've made the tackle. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah, it's it's a very it's when when you when you've got the frame, and when little guys and and look a lot of little guys in the league and we like going out watching junior rugby league. We like going watching Harold Matz when we can, and Jersey Flag and under twenties and and you've had a lot to do with under twenties, Gray. You know, sometimes that's what little guys just need to do: get in the way. Don't try and don't try and be a big don't don't try and tackle big. Who was it that said this? Far out. I think it was Phil Gould that said, "Don't try and tackle big when you're little. Do what you can. Yeah. Like, like do be the nuisance. Like like you're trying to tackle like a you're trying to you know you're trying to tackle someone who's got thirty kilos on you." Like you've got 30 kilos on them. No, no, try and tackle like 30 kilos, like 30 extra kilos is running at you. At the very least, let them trip over you. And I, I think I think I went I went to a coaching course that he was at uh, many years ago. And I think he said it then, where he said, as long as you protect your halfback, if you can teach your halfback to just be the nuisance, at the very least, they'll stop. You know what I mean? The opposition and and, and yeah. all of a sudden, and you know, you're inside and look, I'm talking about the Panthers and Rabbitohs and, and, and the Storm and all those teams. They've got very good Defensive second rowers next to them. They've got oh, yeah. they've got solid second rowers. And you know, Sam Burgess was his protector for years, you know. And you look at Isaiah Yo in defense will step out of the middle and step beside his captain. And and rightly so. That's I protect kick out, I'm protecting this guy. The thing is, you've got to provide that. You've got to be that block in the line, and 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 that's what he's got to learn to be the block in the line. And I agree because I think. Because let's made face a... it, what's Tommy Turbo way? Yeah, but you see where the difference is there with 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 Tommy Turbo and where I think I made a bit of an unfair comparison was looking at Campbell was I'm comparing a halfback to a fullback, and. Some of these players um, that have the slighter frame at fullback, they're not in that front line defending. They don't have second rowers running at them all no. day. I think the cons- I think when we look at Sam Walker, it's if we look at his highlight reel for the year, it's all in attack, which is a halfback you'd expect. I'm not saying the guy can't defend. He made a good cover tackle late in the game, which um which was crucial. Like that in that final minute, I think he made one of the he made the cover tackle. Uh, to, to shut down that Titans play. That was a cover tackle. That's different to yeah. a uh, 70 minutes, I'll call it 71 minutes of a second row running at you all day. Yeah, yeah. That, that and I you think you'll with. That's why I think he comes on the last 10 minutes, the players are tired, they focus you on his what? attack. And you target that. I've I got I to gotta say, and we'll talk about the para game, Parramatta, why didn't you send the biggest most offensive barrage at, at Frizzell. He was a deer in the headlights. And they ran around. Like, you, know, you, you run to the weakness. And when you can show that your half is not a weakness. I'm, look, Darren Lockyer, let's bring up him because he's, 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 he's one of the greats of our game. When he shifted into the front, into the front line, yeah, from, he was targeted from, and he faltered. And you know what he learned? He said, if I hit a guy front on, all I gotta do is grab their jersey. And if I move my head out of the way, they'll fall on me and I'll tackle them. You watch, and, and I'll tell you what, correct I'll, I'll, anyone in rugby league land, correct me if I'm wrong. 
You watch any pit of his footage where they ran at him. He jumped on them. He almost bear hugged them and he just got them to the ground. He was the nuisance. And that's the thing. It's, 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 you are in the line. You've got to do the job. You know, you don't want to be the guy who, who's the swinging door, you know, who's got an arm like a turnstile. And, and I think that for, he'll get there. He's got the right mental. He's got Trent Robinson. He's got one of the best coaches in the world. He'll be fine. But yeah. I just think that, you know, their luck might run, you know, you know, playing playing eight minutes in a game, you know, like like it, it's like in the World Cup where where they call called upon um Kroll to come out and 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 just come out for the penalty shootout. You know, that that only works once. What they did last night, last week, sorry, is not going to work again. Yeah, because you know what, the, the 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 you need, you know, the bar, the barrage, the forward pressure. The, as it gets more intense, it's going to get harder. Mm. And and without without Verils, it's going to be even even harder. Yeah, and we'll talk about the impact of um of uh, Verrills being missing for the for the Roosters when we preview their game against the Seagulls coming up this week. Uh, another team that a lot of people weren't expecting to have a game this week were the Penrith Panthers. For a long time this year, the punters have been talking about Panthers-Storm Grand Final. That's actually not possible now, given the fact that the uh, the Rabbitohs were victorious 16-10 to over the Panthers on the weekend. I'm going to go, go to Griffo here. Um... This game, there's so much to unpack with this game, not only because we watch these teams very closely, but given the um, the implication for the finals and also to, um, you know, going into this game, there were a few late changes for, for the Panthers. Penrith are usually one of those teams that um, we're used to scoring a lot of points, getting over the line quite frequently in a game. Uh, the only try we saw in this one, Griffo, was from that... Uh, well, you know, at the time, it could have become a famous banana kick from Nathan Cleary. Not many could pull that off. The flick back. Stephen that was Crichton, brilliant. That was one was. of the most brilliant kicks. Stephen Crichton Life. scored the try. Um, I want to get your thoughts because we're not very used to seeing a game where Panthers don't run the ball over the line. This was the first time in a long time I can remember the Panthers not running the ball over the line. Uh, a lot of the points came from penalty kicks. Give me your thoughts just specifically on the Panthers um, and how this game differed to a lot of other games this year in regards to what they were able to achieve and so on and so forth, especially in attack because we know that they are, they're a great attacking team. Well, I'll give you the description that I gave to one of my daughters the day after the game. <laughs> Is it PG rated? Yeah. <laughs> Do we have to get the beeps out? No, 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 no. Well, no, it wasn't that bad. I said, uh, I said to her, um, I said, well, they weren't quite rubbish. They're a little bit better than rubbish. They were recycling. So um, a little bit more use than rubbish. But, uh, gee, they were off their game last week. Um, but... In saying that, you've got to give credit to the opposition who put them off their game to, to a large extent. Um, it just didn't click at all last week. Um, 
they got that try from from a little bit, well, a couple of bits of brilliance from uh, Cleary, Momorowski, and Crichton just had to put his hand on the ball, which he did. And um, that was all she wrote over the try line for the Panthers. They didn't score a point in the second half. Now, I don't think there's been too many games of of, of uh, football this year where uh, you know pretty much a full strength Penrith didn't score a try um, in a half of football. But again, you got to credit the Rabbitohs' defence there. Um, I'm looking at some of the stats. I thought South did a fantastic job out wide in defence, in particular, mm-hmm. and shutting down Brian Toto. I've not seen Toto um, force backwards almost at all all year. Yet South did it two or three times in the second half. To my surprise, um, and I'm looking at the stats now, he actually ran for 196 meters, um, which <laughs> really he did he did some well, very he, good he work. Did. It just yeah, didn't but, have that feeling. I'm surprised by it. that, though. I am surprised. Like I, I, I'm stat. surprised when I saw that. I didn't yeah. think he run that much um, because of the defense. But yeah, I mean, most wingers would take that every day of the week. Well, that's that's probably. 30 or 40 behind his, his weekly average, but credit to Souths on that. Um, James Fisher-Harris, not at his best. Again, nine runs for 79 metres. Um, Capewell, seven runs, 54 metres. Uh, the other prop that started the game, Matt Eisenhuth, five runs for 35 Liam Martin, five runs for 45. Pangai, he wasn't, didn't see much game time. Five runs for 47. Spencer Lanou, five runs for 46. He saw even less game time. So South's controlled Penrith's go forward. And, and that really, I think that was a huge part of their victory, South Sydney. Um, yeah, the, the fluency wasn't there for Penrith. And to be honest, and I was, I was thinking about this um, just before we, um, we recorded, I, I was just coming back from a walk and uh, listening to um, some things from last week, including our own podcast. Um, and yeah, Penrith just, it made me think, well, to be, to be honest... They really haven't clicked since the State of Origin series. I agree, Griff. That, that um, 100%. They haven't lost many games, um, and particularly with a full-strength side. Um, you know, that's the first game Nathan Cleary's lost in, in 2021. Um, but they were beaten on the night by a better team a more enthusiastic team. And, and certainly that's, that's one area Penrith don't usually get out enthused by their opposition, but they just seem down on, on enthusiasm. You know, I'm sitting there watching for a while thinking, you know, okay, they're, they're going to get over the, them eventually. But then I started, you know, probably with 15 minutes or so to go, I'm thinking, I don't think they're going to get over them. Um, it's just not clicking. Uh, in the first half, South 
were the better side. Um, but I thought Souths were getting, if there was a rub of the green, I thought Souths were getting it a little bit with some of the calls, particularly on the six again. Um, but then at halftime, it was 10 all. In the second half, and Penrith didn't see much time down on South's line in the first half, but they saw plenty in the second half. Mm. It just didn't look like scoring, to be fair, um, which is a credit, again, to, to the Rabbitohs. Um, I guess a lot of people just thought, including maybe the, the guys out there wearing the black, maybe they were going to get the job done. It'll happen, but it just didn't happen. Um, and they're in a position now where their chances of winning this competition uh, are quite difficult. I've heard some places, and I'm, I don't know, I don't follow betting, but what I hear is, is Penrith is second favourites, and I don't understand mm. why. I mean, how can you be the second favourites? Yeah. yeah, you are. And you have to win three <laughs> games. You've got to beat the favourites. Another team, yeah, you've got to beat the favourites. Yeah, so there's people out there if that you say get you're going to to that beat. stage. Yeah, that's right, that's right. And then right. you've got another team on the other side of the draw who's just yes. beaten them, yes. have only got to win yeah. two games. <laughs> So I get, I don't understand betting if that's how it uh, works. No, nah, it's no so, point understanding. I think the better um, market to look at, which says it a bit clearer if we're going to talk about the betting, is not the premiership winning market. It's the to make the grand final. Uh, see, which, that's why I he think, runs the show. I think that really highlights the Panthers run here because um, Melbourne Storm are $1.50 to make the grand final. Yeah. South Sydney are a dollar sixty-five, given the fact wow. that they are now what a Penrith two seventy. Okay, so, so what they're saying, what they're saying, Penrith, saying is if Penrith, Penrith get past it, Melbourne, won. they'll win they've it. Won. Yeah, okay, That's sort of what they're saying. Look, the Storm are two ten to win the comp. Penrith four bucks, South six bucks. I oh, think what ridiculous. the bookies are saying, South are more likely than Penrith to make the grand final, but Penrith are more likely to win the premiership. Wow, should they get okay. there? This might be a reason why I don't bet. Like, yeah, they're, they're um, there to make money, mate. <laughs> I don't know how. Like, I don't yeah. know how because. Well, it's all in response yeah. to what people. Yeah, well, they know they know about better than yeah. I don't. But I just think yeah. you got a team that's got to win three games, including getting over the top of the competition favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, but they got they got to win this week first. Forget about the storm. We'll talk about the game later, but getting back to last week's game, um, the highlight for Penrith, I guess, was uh, Stephen Crichton. I thought he was really good. Yeah. 293 running meters. Um, a lot of that was kick return, to be fair, but um, he did he did make 65 post-contact as well. So he was very good. Um, in saying he was very good, I really think they missed Dylan Edwards. Um, yeah, and they definitely Fair. missed. They definitely missed Moses Leota, um, a late a late scratching from the game. Yep. Fair too. He's a guy that that goes forward. Um, the guy we talked about him earlier. They just re-signed him for a couple more years, which is good. Uh, but yeah, there was there was a lack of go forward there for the Panthers last week, um, and. Yeah, no, they made some line breaks. 
they there were some times where balls didn't go to hand when try scoring opportunities were on. Um, one of them was in the late in the second half. I can't remember who it was, but they ran the ball from from a kick return, and the pass went out to Charlie Staines. Crichton he looked like he wasn't. Yeah, he looked yeah, like he wasn't watching the ball because it hit him in the shoulder. Yeah. Now, granted, it wasn't the greatest pass. And I couldn't see, you know, whether he had anyone in front of him. No, he, but the he way that they, that he's away. Yeah. And it did. Yeah. yeah. And now, the, other, the other one was the Capewell knock-on. You know, Capewell, he put a few down. Um, yeah. yeah, including one which when they were attacking yeah. South Line. That's and, right, and the Capewell knock-on. Kick there was out another one. The break. That's the one I was going to mention. Yeah. Kick out, yeah. made a break, um, and he just threw a bad pass. It might have been to Matt Burton, might it not was. have been. But, it was Burton. Um, yeah. But, but no so call they, to Burton, it was a horrible pass. Yeah, it was a bad pass, exactly. Whereas the, the Staines one, not the best pass, but I think but catchable. I don't know. I think, I think in saying that, I think the problem was where, where, in the future, where they or we're in the past when they played South Sydney, they've had time. South gave them no time to think. Like a pass is good because you have a split, you have got the split second to think, to see, and to do. They saw they saw the think and the see, but South's speed off the line disallowed the do. And I think that's um, I think that's I think that's also a part of it. That the Penrith probably haven't said. Look, I, I was totally surprised, and 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 yeah, and I, I think that's somewhat part of it as well. The think, the see, and the do. It was the do that they sort of stopped South Sydney, and that uh, yeah, and that comes down to to, to those things. Mm. And a think, lot of sorry, sorry you, you go, go Griffo. Go. No, no, you go. I'll come back. No, I, I was I was going to sort of move on to a to a different. Uh, topic there um but i'll just i'll just highlight another guy who i thought had a really good game for penrith and that was isaiah yo their captain yeah he's a captain Um, he only had 11 runs for 139 meters so he's going more than 10 meters per run which is always you know a good indicator he had that line break and again the the same thing in double um but the but dylan edwards was there to take the pass um, and he looked around, nobody to pass to. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. that was crucial. You know, when you, you consider that it was a game that was six points difference, um, you got nailed those. Like, and normally they do. Um, and he also made uh, forty nine tackles with no misses. Bucket load of tackles, man. Um, he was he worked so well, hard. That's, that's impressive. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, no, nah. and, and and just to keep with Penrith before we we talk about South, um, because they don't have a game this week, and we'll we'll touch on for South fans, um, what our thoughts are going forward for them. There were a few things, and I know that um, Griffo, you touched on, it and you said you know on the back of, look, we we haven't seen a performance defensively from South Sydney like this, and it was one that. As a South fan, I hope they can replicate because it was phenomenal. It really put pressure on Penrith. And what I wanted to get at here is get your thoughts on um, the difference. If we go back to the game a few weeks back when these teams played, 
and we saw the kick pressure. Oh, I don't want to talk kick pressure. I want to talk about pressure from kicks. So uh, the the kicking game of yep. Nathan Cleary and the influence that had, as well as the running game and handling. Like we saw, um, like when uh, I think it was the last play of the game for Penrith. The, the ball on the 40, there's still a chance of putting a play to score. And, um, you know, the 5-8 just drops it. And, and yeah. the, the, this is... like So I, I just find that they were... There was pressure put on the Panthers last week that um, they usually don't succumb to. And it was... Um, yeah, there, there are a few things there that I think uh, impacted on their game. Yeah, it was pressure. Um, to, to South Sydney's credit. Um, Jerome Luai, he was fabulous in the first half of the season. He was fabulous for New South Wales. He did pick up an injury to his knee, and he just hasn't uh, hasn't been able to replicate his early season form. And that's one of the reasons why Penrith's attack hasn't looked um, as good as it did earlier on. Uh, to Luai's credit, again, looking... Uh, Looking at the stats, he mm. did have three line break assists, so he's given some good balls still. He's he's um, the runner of the team because that, that's the other thing I want to bring up just in regards to this because I talked about clearing and kicking. In a finals game, you got a five eight who kicked the ball twice. Is there a call there for him to to come in and take a bit of pressure off Cleary, or is it just the fact that look Cleary's that good? He's our kicker. I think there was too much pressure, Gray. Yeah. I think it was just that. It was the default is to go back to Cleary. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Griff. I'm, I'm, no, no, I, I don't. No, you're absolutely yeah. right, Shane. I, yeah. I, I think if something's worked for you for, for most of the year, um, you don't want to necessarily be changing it now. Mm. Um, to talk about kicking, I think the problem was for Penrith is that Taft dropped the first bomb. Because all of a sudden, he kept going to him and he kept catching him. And yeah. all of a sudden, it was like, yeah. oh, far out. We've. You know, I, I'm telling you now, when, when he caught the second or third bomb, I was cheering because I'm like, they're going to keep bombing to this kid thinking yeah. he's going to drop it. Mm-hmm. If they went to the grass, that's where they scored the try from going to the grass. Yeah. And that's it was right. like, it's a good keep point, bombing to and then And then at the end of the game where, where Crichton, look, I think Crichton was going for the ball legitimately. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know how. That's that- a tough one. That's that a tough catch, one. Like if, that catch was as know, good as scoring a try, wasn't it? That's exactly oh, right. Sure. He saved the, try. the catch was as good as scoring a try. And it's like, I don't know I if the would have caught that. <laughs> no, he wouldn't have. I'm telling you now. You know what? I'll, I know we're not talking about South yet. I'll say this. If Latrell Mitchell had gotten the aerial barrage that Taft got, he would have dropped four of those. I'll, I'll tell you who. I'll tell you the best kick of the game, Griffo, just going back, and it shows for Penrith where they have options, I reckon the best kick, one of the best kicks of the game was one on the run by Matt Burton sliding oh, brilliant. into the yeah. into That the was very goal. good. That was very good. Matt Burton's a quality kicker. It's just that because he's playing in the centres, he doesn't... What do you do? Mm. Yeah, you're not going to... Yeah. Like he, uh, he's got, a, he's got a, a long kicking game to match anyone. Um, and I guess, you know, you're going to see that at the Bulldogs next year. But, mm. yeah, he's got a... Obviously, a better long kicking game than what Jerome Luai does. Luai's got a great short kicking game, particularly into the in goal. Yeah. yeah. But again, we, we should have seen more of that in the second half uh, as an option. Yeah. 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 I think they ran, they ran, Penrith ran 
it was funny. It was either bombing. There was one. There was one set of six where Luai got the ball on the fourth tackle, and he actually had open space in front of him, where if he'd kicked in the in goal, it would have been a repeat set, line drop out, and that's what Penrith do: line drop out, start again. Yep. And he passed, and when he passed, um, the centre just got jammed and, and tackled, and it went to fifth, and it went up high, and it was diffused. But the thing was, I thought, why wouldn't you like? You know, these guys make their living on that, that's their that's their bread and butter. That was Luai's bread and butter, and I just think that it. I, yeah, I, I just thought that they were out of sorts. Yeah, they I, were out of sorts. Look. Can I say something controversial here? You go. I think I think that was the best Panthers have played in the month. I didn't South think they were bad either. Souths were rubbish the last time they played Penrith. They were horrible. I, I, I think and they figured out South. They figured out South in South. South had a couple of trick shots, and then they figured South out in thirty minutes. They ran down Mansour's side the whole night, and they won. Now any t- now. I'll tell you, I'll give you I'll give you I'll give you the game plan. The tight the, the Tigers did that to us and almost won. Mm. I think that you know is what, what they, was... and, and that's I, I, I think what I think the problem is what Griff hit the nail on the head. Since Origin, Penrith have just at times looked I don't want to say lackluster, that's not fair. I... they've looked they've looked less than what they are. I they're, think... they're, they're a diamond that just needs a bit of polishing, you know. Needs a bit of cleaning. And I, I think on the back of that where Griffo was right too, because obviously, you know, I think we we talked about this in the way Penrith played. Penrith didn't panic and go, we need to do something outrageous. Penrith, deep down, Penrith felt as though by the end of that game, their processes were going to prove themselves and eventually they'd score a try and they'd win the game. That's just how Penrith play. They've got this game plan. They know I their processes. I will say this. Penrith don't make that many mistakes in a game. I know, but the other well, thing is too, In a few games, they have shame. That's the thing. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Teams, but at the start of the season, they weren't doing teams, it. There's only a few teams in the competition, especially... And I'll be honest with you. If you asked me one week ago on this podcast about South Sydney's right-edge defence... I'm not giving it the praise that it deserves from from no, this week. South's defense was fantastic, especially but the that other edge thing with was, Campbell Graham and Jackson Paul. The other thing, Jackson the other thing was like big. Did you know that the guy, the guy that needs a massive rap is 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 Campbell Graham. Guys, the guys, well, the guys, defensively stats wise, whole year he's played. He got injured. The whole year he's played statistically, he's one of the best defensive yeah. centers in the game. He's got and a yet, frame. The, I would have problem, said that a year or two ago. Shane, his problem is this. He, the problem. His problem is this. He was defending Mansell. So the minute the ball got outside of, it's over. So Campbell Graham comes in to try and stop anything. You know, he try and try and nullify things. The ball goes wide of Mansell, and it's it's game over. It's just they're going to run the time. It's a similar and, you know, argument. We were talking about before. If because, I was a coach, I'd do that. Yeah, I know how to beat South with Mansour in the side. But it's like I could said, do it every day of the week. You know, we just just to piggyback off the comments there from you guys, Campbell Graham, good defender. A couple of years ago, wouldn't said that. The guy's twenty two. 
He's 22. If we say yeah, a couple true. of years ago, we're talking about 20 year old. He was yeah. very, very young. He's a 22 year old that's played <sighs> 88 first grade games. Yeah. Massive. Unreal. The thing is, too, I don't want to look. We'll, we'll talk about South. Um, I just talk, before talk, we go to South, Graham, yeah. And I just want to make one other point about Penrith, um, if that's okay. Yeah, go. For yeah. It. Um, this is this is to do with the coaching. I'm a little bit baffled um, as to number one why. Uh, and I know Tyrone Peachy was out. Sorry, not Tyrone Peachy. Tyrone May was May. not available last week. Mitch Kenny is a 14, can cover hooker. But Corey Sow is an 80-minute player. Um, Corey Sow played 71 minutes. So that's Mitch Kenny, nine minutes at hooker. He was on there for 26 minutes. So 17 of those minutes, he's playing as a back rower. You got Spencer Lanou, eleven minutes. Yep. Now you guys are South supporters. What did you think when Lanou was running onto the ball? Like, did you think he was posing some sort of a, a threat at all? I'll, I'll be honest with you. I I was worried about how our how the Ford matchup would go, but. Uh, I wasn't concerned. I'm not. I'm not even going to name Lynn. I was actually as, disappointed. As opposed, in as opposed to oh. Mitch Kenny Mate, running was, at you. Yeah, I, I, I take your point definitely. And the thing Keep is, giving him the ball. Yeah, I mean, look, Mitch I Kenny. What he get? Like three, it. three runs. Uh, five runs for Kenny. Five runs for Lanu. And the other one, Tavita Pangai Junior. Twenty-three yeah. minutes of game time. Yeah. I was worried about him. Can I can I say he didn't have the impact? Nah, can I say something? He had one, he had an early run and he got hammered. He got he got nailed by sewer. He had maybe his second run of the game and he got nailed by sewer. And all of a sudden, it was like he was put in his box. And I'd, I, I a guy like him is is good enough to get out of that. You know, the, I think I think you're right. I think the rotation of Penrith was thrown out of whack. Do you want me to? The give only the people, most... oh, sorry, the Gary. only people that throws, the only people when there's no, when there's no head knocks and there's no HIA, the only people that throw, that throw, the rotation out of whack is the coaching staff. And the only reason the coaching staff would do that is because all of a sudden they see something in the game they're not liking. Yeah, I think they were they were a bit concerned that they were. I don't think they thought that the forward battle would go the way it was. And I'll tell you what's another telling point there, Griffo, which I think had an impact on the game. Late on, we talked about the Capewell knock on. It was very late in the game. They had, um, I think they had six again. It might have come back off Johnston's yep. foot, yep. and then he knocked it on. But we're talking about a second rower that played seventy two minutes. That yep. knock on. I'm not going to be too harsh on Kurt Capewell. He was fatigued. That comes down to your bench rotation. If you're he also looked rower, a pass. It was like they he wanted was to tired. He needs a Penrith rest. wanted to, and we're labouring the point now. Penrith wanted to play touch footy at the end. Mm. Look, with Penrith, we'll talk about Penrith a little bit again later on when they come up against Parramatta. Um, they're still 
in this competition up to their eyeballs. As we said, the, the punters have them as, as second favourites. Um, South Sydney do not have a game this week. They will get the week off. Uh, the major implication that people have been talking about here, there and everywhere is the fact that now the Panthers have to play Parramatta this week. If they do get a victory, they do play the Storm for a shot at the grand final. Um, look, no one's going to pretend that that's not a much tougher run than what they had, uh, than what South Sydney might have, given the fact they're one win away, fourth time in a row from a grand final. Um, they want to go one better. <laughs> and lost, lost three. Yeah, yeah. Lost the last three. Look, yeah, in this game, um, I'm just going to throw it straight at you, Shane. I'm going to give you two players sure. here. Uh, sure. You've watched South Sydney very closely. Depending on which broadcast you watched on Saturday night, one of them had Adam Reynolds as the man of the match. The other one had Thomas Burgess. Um, I want to hear about Thomas Burgess first because if you want to break it down for me, I think you could almost pinpoint him as one of the main contributors as to the differences between these two sides, especially talking about bench rotation, importance yeah, of the, no, the middle no, part of the game. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I think that Tom Burgess off the bench all of a sudden – had a fresh impact. He was able to make more meters. He was able to use his footwork. He's got great footwork for a big guy. And he's able to do his things. I thought it was quite interesting that one was uh, Reynolds, one was Burgess. Uh, interestingly, South uh, South Sydney's player's player was Burgess. Um, I had Taft. But that's that's just me. Um, I I thought yeah, we'll that, I thought that I thought that Burgess I thought that bench it's funny, um, South Sydney fans have, have seen for the last probably eight weeks this this tapestry of Ford pack that, that sort of it's modelled with players, players in, players out. You're not too sure where, you're not too sure who's getting to go. You're not too sure what's happening. Um, can I also big shout out to uh, Yeah Baby, um, Mark Nichols. I thought he was brilliant and highlighted by the fact where Adam Reynolds did a chip and chase and Crichton actually stepped Reynolds and 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 Mark Nichols had him in the in goal. I thought he was he really led the forwards. Also, no. also cleaned up from a chip and chase from. Um, he did. Cleary. He did from um, from Cleary. Uh, I just I just looked at um, I just looked at their forward pack and when when they chose the forward pack, I was really impressed. I was really happy because I thought. All of a sudden, they've got impact on the field for the first 20 minutes and they've got impact on the bench for the last 20 of the halves. The thing I didn't predict that really worked well was Benji Marshall coming on for um, for uh, Cameron Murray. Yep. Giving Murray that rest and all of a sudden, you've got this guy in the middle who's just who, who's just sort of reaping havoc. I, I dare say if... if, if if Bennett didn't feel the ascendancy of the forward pack in that game, he probably wouldn't have done it. I'm going to say this about South and Penrith. If South Sydney had lost this game this week, they wouldn't have had the legs for the next week. I think South Sydney played out of their skin. I think they really, they really, they really showed some grit in this game. Um, and they, they, they really, they, defensively, they really did. Uh, something that they've been working on since getting belted by 50. I I think that as a whole package, at the moment, Souths are looking good. Um, yeah, you asked about Reynolds. 
I thought Adam Reynolds was absolutely outstanding. Um, and I'm going to say, and this is why, he ran the ball to the line twice um, during the game. You're probably thinking, so what? He only ran the ball to the line twice. When he, in the second half, ran the ball to the line, all of a sudden three Penrith defenders hit him because they thought he was going to slip through, which uh, gave the ball to Taft. Taft dummied the ball, drew in um, drew in uh, the, the winger, and all of a sudden Jackson Paulo goes in, in the corner. Untouched. Try, so it was that try. On. That try was set up in the first half with the two runs to the line. And I'm also going to say, well, I'm going to even go one further than that. Two tackles before, they ran the same play with a variation. And what they did was, it was the yes. same. And, and the, the broadcast picked it up, which I thought was really awesome for the fans at home to see. They ran it with a, with a bit of a variation where um, it was a little bit more direct. And Blake Taft got picked off. The second time they did it, um, I can't remember who the lead runner was, but it was an awesome line. It it drew Burton Dry in. Arrow, I think. Yeah, Dry Arrow. Drew Burton in. and Taft Who had a whale it. of a game, by Taft the way. Taft got it on the outside and gave it to Paulo. They ran. It was almost like they said, let's go. And that's another thing, too, to look at here. Um, it wasn't the South's left edge. No, it was the, the attack was going down the right. Can I were, look? It was, I'm going to say variation. It was a very different I'll, South team. I'll say this: it was a very different South game team, Graham. Um, they've they've had they've now got the record for the most uh, times a side has scored plus thirty in a season. With all that said and done, I think this game on the weekend was South Sydney's best game of the year. I agree. I've got to put a lot of that down to the coach. And it comes up. The coach the hasn't peaked. The coach hasn't yeah. peaking right now. At the at the start of the year, a lot was going to. Uh, was at the start of the year, they were criticised um, in the preseason for their attack that they played some ordinary teams and they should have just put them to the sword. They've done that. They, their attack was outstanding. Then all of a sudden, they meet the Storm, they meet Panthers and get beaten by 50. And their, their defence was exposed. Since then, um, it's been quite well documented that Bennett has just worked on defence. It's a stuff attack. We, we can score tries. We're just going to work on our defence. And I thought last week highlighted the fact if you're Manly or the Roosters and you win, you automatically know that you've all, you've now got a side that can defend as well. I, you know, I, I was asked by someone: Has in, in sport has this ever happened where 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 someone's been exposed this much, and 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 all of a sudden they've worked on it, and and it's 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 come back to bite someone else. And I remember. I remember reading, I love my cricket. You guys know I love sport, full stop. And I remember reading about uh, Viv Richards, where he was a horrible offside player. Awesome leg side player, horrible offside. So all Australia did was they just bowled to his off stump. And they got him out. Like I think for the I think the first test, they got him for nothing. Uh, in the second test, they, they got him out. And, and he just kept working on his offside. And come the third test, he's just, he's just driving like there's no tomorrow. And they're like, where does this come from? He should be nicking these. And all of a sudden, what they've done is, is they've highlighted his weaknesses and made him this brilliant offside player. 
I think a bit of that's come down with South Sydney, where South Sydney knew they could attack, but they were horrendous at defence. And, and a lot of people talk about the 50, the 50, um, the 50 points put on South Sydney. I wind right back to when they played the Tigers. I thought the Tigers, they gave some cheap tries to. And I went, wow, if you're playing a good side, they'll murder you. And, and, and good sides did. I think what it's done is now turn South Sydney into this defensive team that now have a week off that can recharge the batteries to do it again. And, and look, you know, you guys know as well as I do, it's not about winning a grand final as much as it is about making it. Once you make it, you've got you've got a 50-50 chance. You've just got to turn up on your day. Now, ask, ask, ask the Sharks. You know, no one gave them a hope in hell. You know, ask the ask the Panthers in 03. I I I I I had all my money on the Panthers that year to win the, the final, and everyone was saying it was the Roosters. There are times where ask the Knights when they played Para. Ask the Knights when they played Manly. You know, there are times you just need to be there on the grand final, on grand final day of the last three years. This is you know, this game's going to be South Sydney's best option. Just just going back to uh, some of the talking points from last week, uh, a, a lot of us, look, the, the, the common consensus was, and I think, um, Griffo, we talked about this, um, South can't win the comp without Latrell Mitchell. Blake Taff came in. Uh, you watched the game as closely as we did. Um I'd imagine most fans, you know, even Penrith fans would be going, look, you know, we'd rather play with Blake Taff rather than uh, Latrell Mitchell. Oh, absolutely. I want to get your thoughts on Blake Taff because all of a sudden, South Sydney are in a position where, um, you know, they're they're deep in this final series and Blake Taff's the fullback. Well, he did a good job. Like, did a really good job. Yeah. not just defusing those bombs, but he, you know, he had two line break assists and a try assist. Um, there were only two tries that they scored. Um, he played a hand in it. Uh, he was good. He was good. Um, I don't fear him, but I fear Latrell. But this is a different South Sydney team now. They're playing different football. Yeah, I. I agree, um, Griff. As and Shane talked about the defense that, that has improved out of sight. Um, it's rare that Souths only score sixteen points in a game and win it. Well, I mean, it's just rare and that they score yeah. sixteen points in <laughs> a know, game. Like, like, like you know, it's rare they score yeah. sixteen. But if they score sixteen, they're probably getting beaten by forty-eight. Yeah, it's it's a complete. And whether it's not just because Latrell's not there, obviously, um, you know, they've been working on defense for a while. Um, South Sydney had four losses in the regular season. They only lost to two teams, the two best teams in the regular season. Yep. You know, they're carrying two monkeys on their back. Now they've only got one. One of the monkeys is gone. Um. They're going to get a massive amount of confidence out of that game. If you know, like, obviously they they had some confidence there, but they, they would have got the way they defended. 
would have given themselves a great deal of confidence that they held the Panthers to one try only, and which came from a kick. Um, yeah, it's a different style that they're playing. Uh, they were more aggressive. Uh, you know, for a, for a while there, Jaden Sewell couldn't make the team. Um, which I, I was going to give a shout huge, out to him. Yeah. I, I was going to give a shout would. out to him. It's yeah. almost as if it, it's almost as if Bennett poked the bear. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, 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 you're not making the team, mate. You're not making the quality team, mate. Right now you're in. He was yeah. very good. He, as was and you know what? mentioned Arrow earlier. Him and Sue were in defense. Very, very you know, And we you know haven't mentioned to... the, the comeback into the team of Kalama Matangi. Yeah, it, it, it shored up everything. Yep. Geez, they just look a better side, especially in attack. Like, it's as if when he gets the ball, he I don't know how he does it. He gets the ball and he, he sort of turns side on. So it's as if... It's as if he's half the size. Like, I, 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 I genuinely think, and I'm not saying this because I'm a South fan. I'm saying this because I'm a football fan. I genuinely think he'll play for the Blues in the next three or four years. Well, he was Kalamatangi. He was in, like he was. He's in, in there. He's in there. He's in their side. Yeah. yeah, and I get that. I think he's actually genuinely a chance of being a part of that side in the oh, next couple of years. Yeah. And look, I think it's. There's a couple of points. Like I think taking out this, um, what we've learned this week is that the bigger picture is um, it's not about the fullbacks. It's not about Latrell being there or not being there. What won it for South? Forwards. With the forwards, and I'm going to say that this is this is almost a bit of a uh, I'm I'm stirring the pot a little bit here, and this and you know I've been put up to this a little bit, but I'm going to ask you fellas, who was the best halfback on the field the other night? Well, Reynolds had a better game. Reynolds had a better game. So what we're basically pointing out here is we've got a good set of forwards. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing and you're right. Yeah. And 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 a halfback and a halfback doesn't dominate a game. Every halfback worth his salt will agree with you. That I can only do what I can do behind. If we talk about forwards that dominate a game, a halfback that's allowed to do what he can do, and outside backs that support that was South Sydney. You could be describing Penrith other weeks. So yeah, of course, and of course. and that's and that's really the simple formula for 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 a winning football yes. team. Yes, all of yes. a sudden yes. they've gone back to the simple things, back to the basics. They get a week off. Um, I alluded to it before. Um, week off is massive. It is, and I think South looked fresher. I want to ask Griffo about this because. A lot of people were calling for Penrith to rest players going into this game. South did. South rested a lot of players. Um, a lot of people have said that South looked fresher. Um, a lot of the um, commentators on TV and the people that um, are paid to do this, not like us and we do it out of love, uh, have said that Penrith looked a bit tired and worn out. How much of an impact do you think um, Penrith players... You know, coming off the back, most you know that they had their full strength team last week. South rested most of their players. Do you think that had had an impact? And off the back of that, Penrith are going. If Penrith, this is a big if. If Penrith win this week, they should. They're coming up against a team that's been able to rest their players. Um, what are your thoughts on having a you know a a fourteen day turnaround as opposed to a seven for a club and? 
and their performance. Well, I don't think I don't think Penrith can afford to look beyond this week. Um, there might have been an element of that last week when they played Souths. Well, just um, do, do you think they looked tired last week? Look, Graham, I think oh. I think I think we can answer this quite simply. Is that two weeks ago in our podcast, I said Penrith can't afford to rest their players because they don't believe in their form yet. And Griffo fully agreed. I think that was the problem. Yeah, I I can't disagree with that, but I wasn't against them playing them because a lot of the key players had been out injured. Um Cleary had missed a lot of football. Luai had missed quite a bit. Mm. Um, yeah. Dylan Edwards has been in and out of the side. Um, Pungai, he's not getting much game time, but you know he, he missed some time there when he arrived at the club. Uh, James Fisher-Harris missed four weeks. So... Uh, also, Brian Toto had been out for a long time or, you know, about a month with his injury. So almost half of their squad, their, their top squad, had been missing football. Um, so I don't, I don't think it played a, a part last week. Um, there may be some players who they could have rested um, a guy like maybe Liam Martin, he hasn't really been rested uh, at all. Uh, even when you know, a lot of the Origin guys, um, you know, were were rested, like Liam Martin, because he didn't see much game time in Origin. Um, he was playing some of those games where other guys weren't there, so maybe he could have been a guy that they could have given a rest to. Um, yeah, the outside backs. Well, I don't think Crichton needed a rest. I don't think Momorowski need. I mean, he's again Momorowski missed some some football there because there was no reserve grade, and and he, you know, he wasn't in the the first grade team for a while. Matt Burton, I don't think he needed a rest. Um, yeah, I, I don't think they really needed to to rest that many guys. Um, a couple got a rest last week that we weren't expecting. Um, Edwards and and Leota, um, they they were ruled out of the game after our podcast. Even if those two play, I don't I don't think it changes the result. Souths were better, but um, what concerns me is that they're going to come up against Para this week. And win or lose, they're going to be battered because that's Para's game. That was what was successful last week. So it's going to be a tough game either way, win or lose. They're going to be coming out of a of a very hard game against Para, heading into a fresh storm, um, and that's going to be tough. Hmm. Uh, I, I honestly don't think it affected them last week too much. For, for the reasons I've just gone through, that a lot of players had been out for a while. Uh, and they're, they're, they were still coming up in defence. Um, yeah, there was a little bit of... Yeah, there were mistakes crept into their game, but 
those mistakes have been there for much of the second half of the year. So um, we'll never know. We'll never know. If they played res- their reserve grade side the week before, would it have made a difference to the, the game? We'll never know. I, I, to be honest, I don't think so. Mm. And look, we won't, better. we won't know. And as you said, look, all you can do is look forward. And um, Penrith, they're looking forward this week to, to the Parramatta Eels. Um, they got the job done over the Newcastle Knights last week, 28 points to 20. This was a this was a bit of an interesting game because the the punters last week and even if you listen back to our podcast, um, you guys gave the Knights a lot of credit. Um, I was talking about the Eels. Look, in in reality, what it turned out is that um, this this game, uh, both teams were in it. Both teams were were well and truly in it. Penrith got the job done, Shano. Um, look, we, we we briefly talked about the penalty try. I don't think we need to labour the point. I don't think it made a huge no. difference to the result, whether it's a penalty try no. or not. I think Parramatta win this one, and I think yeah. we're all happy to say that, so we don't need to... Yeah, yeah, 100%. The same crap they were the better oh, look, look, 100%. And you know, you know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it out there. It was a letter of the law, the best penalty try that you could use for the... You know, if you want, it, if, if you want an example, yeah. that's the best one you've got. Yeah, and it was a bit So anyway, we'll leave it at that. Before. We'll leave it at that. Let's talk uh, about the Parra the... Eels, though. Um, yep. Happy to we... talk about Parramatta. I, I, I... We'll talk about... Anything in particular? Uh, look, I, I wanted... To... I, I was going to ask you, just in particular, look, um, the Parramatta Eels, just yep. in regards to where they're at in form and confidence, because we had the Parramatta Eels, we rode them off, we were... The words junk were used in the same sentence. A fortnight yep. ago, they beat the Storm. Uh, the, the the consensus on this podcast was that uh, whilst they beat the Storm, they're still not, not a team to be feared. They rested a lot of players against Penrith, didn't give us much to look at. What's, what's Parra's form guide going into this game with Penrith? Because they are coming off a finals win. Okay, yeah. I, uh, so you want me to talk about how they're going to go against Penrith or how they played against Newcastle. Where, where, where would you rate them at the moment? Oh, look, What's the look, form look, guide looking for Parra coming can, out of this game? I can say this. Is a win over can, Newcastle something to write well, home about I, I or have they say, just picked off no, one of the easy beats? Oh, no, the, the, the easy beats were good. Um, I, I think, yeah, that's right. I think that, um, I think the problem with the Newcastle Knights are they just rely on Ponga. That's it, full stop. Right? They just... If, when all else fails, throw it back to Ponga or or hope Ponga can get him out of trouble. That's why I want to talk about the Eels now is because I think Parramatta Eels' confidence is 9 out of 10. Their abilities at 6 out of 10. They, they just – their confidence outweighs their ability and for some reason for Parramatta, it pays dividends. For a lot of other teams, it doesn't. For them, it does. They've got some solid. They've got some solid players. Look, next week, I have no idea how Paulo is remotely available to play. He should not be, and it's 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 a godsend to them that he is. Um, I think for Parramatta, the the thing with Parramatta is they're just so unpredictable. There's times where I know Parramatta score a try. And they look at each other and go, how do we do that? That 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 wasn't a script. You know, we threw the ball around. 
We found this opening and we scored. Like they, they, they could not. It's it's like making the world's best cake, but then you don't have the recipe. You just threw a whole heap of stuff together, and for some reason, it just worked. That's Parramatta. I, I think. I think at a top four level, that just doesn't that just doesn't wash. But for some reason, it works for them. Brad Arthur talked a lot about making sure that the players felt comfortable within themselves and that they were playing what they wanted to play. They're playing Penrith next week. I just don't know how. I just don't know how that that's going to fly. Look, they've got Clint Gutherson. I, I, I thought Ferguson, although he had his problems after the the leg, well, that was ugly. That leg bend twist. I don't know what you call that. That was yeah, horrible. It was a twist of the leg. It was, it was a shit. It was a shit thing. Like that, that's the stuff you should get sent off for. Like you know, like you're talking about high tackles. Like that 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 malicious twisting. That wasn't good. Um, I I I just look at Parramatta. And, 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 and they're an enigma to me because there was, you know, like even I thought, okay, they've won. Where can I wa- – and I'll watch this game again before this podcast. I watched the game in full. I didn't watch a mini or anything like that to say, right, where can I pinpoint where Parramatta seem to succeed is when their forwards get up over halfway their back line's allowed to just do something where all of a sudden you've got Gutherson that comes through and attracts attention. That's when they're at the most potent. I actually, I actually have gone back and watched Parramatta a few times. What, what kills Parramatta is when that doesn't work because all of a sudden they become this touch football team and then they knock on 40 out, they gift the opposition ball and the opposition runs in a try. Because I will say this about Parramatta, their defence is not top four standard. They've the way Parramatta win this week is they give it to their forwards and they play they play second phase enterprising football. They don't they don't try and hit Penrith's props. They don't try and go one up. They play Paulo's second wide. Get him. Paulo's a good offloader. That's how they win this game. If they're going to try and play traditional, traditional purist rugby league, Parramatta are shot. And when I looked at them on the weekend, it was it was that they had the players to hang on. They had the caliber to hang on over 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 the nights. Who didn't have that caliber? Um I don't think the penalty try led to much. I, I thought Parramatta were, were well and truly in control. But Gutherson is the key. He, they've got to listen to him. I thought that um, Mitchell Moses running the ball made them look a far more dangerous football Moses side. This was awesome, I thought. I would love for him, him to up. run the ball. <laughs> I, I would, I'm the same. He was my man in the match. He was my man in the match. I think that when he runs the ball... Or, okay, on the weekend when he ran the ball, they were far more dangerous. And I think Parramatta would do a lot to try and get their forwards to play some second phase play, 
to break up the defensive line, to break up the forward pack. And you know what? A third tackle Moses run at the line against the inside shoulder of a de- depleted forward, that could be anything. Mm. And, and and I think that might that might be the formula going forward next week. Yeah, because you mentioned the the importance of the of Mitchell Moses getting involved, and we know he ran the ball a lot on the weekend, Griffo. I think he ended up with about fifteen runs. Uh, to to put that in comparison, um, you know there are only a few forwards that got over that. One of the forwards I wanted to pick out because Shane Shane sort of touched on it that you know the importance of the forwards opening it up for the backs. Um, Isaiah Papali'i is one that we've talked about a lot on the podcast. He was phenomenal again on the weekend. Uh, 194 run meters. Um, I think him laying the platform and Mitchell Moses coming through is very important for them. Just want to get your thoughts on on those key players for Parramatta. Yeah, look, uh, I was actually quite impressed with um, with a lot of what Para did in that game. Um, and I'm looking at again. I'm looking at the stats here. They've got. 10 guys who ran for over 100 metres in, in that 17-man squad. You don't often see that. Um, but in particular, a lot of that came from the backs. Gutherson, 193. Dunster, 151. Penasini, 151. Blake, uh, Wonga Blake, 163. Blake Ferguson, 149. And Moses, as you mentioned, 15 runs for 145. The only one that didn't have big meters was was Doggy Brown with fifty seven. Um, Dunster, I thought Dunster, or that you mentioned him there, Griff. I thought he was actually really, and and yeah, you know that you didn't say he wasn't good, but I just thought he he added something when he got the ball. He attracted attention. Those meters are matter. Yeah, and then you've got the big boppers, uh, both over a hundred with Cam- Campbell Gillard and Polo. Um, Nuikore, 135 as well. So, and, and you meant like the, the, the biggest was, was Papa Lee with 194. Mm. So they were, they were big meters uh, that Parra were making uh, last week. Um, and and I, look, the, the one that impressed me most, I guess, was Campbell Gillard with the, the way he was steaming onto the ball, but also... Oh, I thought, I thought he was brilliant. I thought, I thought in that first 20 minutes... He found like old school Campbell Gillard. Didn't There's he? a bloke who'd had a rest. He'd been out for about yeah. six weeks. So he had, he, had, like, um, he, just, he was just old school Regan Campbell Gillard. And that first, that first twenty minutes, I thought, wow, he is on. Yeah, he was fantastic. As was, you know, Paulo. Um, they're going to really test Penrith, but we'll, we'll talk about that game later. But um, in terms of what they did last week. Moses running the ball, you know, it was his biggest, uh, you know, it was his biggest run in, in 4,000 years, you know, since he parted the Red Sea. This was the parting <laughs> of the Red Sea Mark II last week. He, he or the red, the red and Blue Sea it was. Um, and, and he made those, uh, that was new. You, 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 you brought it up, Griff. The minute he'd done it, you'd posted it. That's right. The Red um, Sea Mark II. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he, he led his, uh, they, well, they weren't quite in slavery, the Eels, but uh, <laughs> they'd been in the doldrums for a few weeks there. Well, they have uh, been. <laughs> yeah. I've got, I got a shout out to their coach, Arthur. 
who was, you know, there was all this talk there about, you know, it was he's Brad Arthur, the man to take these guys forward. Who's going to coach Parramatta next year? Blah, blah, blah. Well, they came out and beat the Storm. And then, you know, they, they put their reserve grade side in, but then they came out and won a semifinal. And one of the big criticisms of this team is that they, they can't win finals football. Um, well, they won one last. I think I, I think the thing I think the thing Griffo is they done the same last year, you know, and they played South Sydney, and South really gave it to them. They played Penrith. The big test here is will Penrith give it to them? That's that's moving forward. What's going to oh, happen? I just, I just want Penrith to win. Like mm. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not that confident yeah, yeah. after last week. That's, that's, that's an easy equation. Yeah, but anyway, look, uh, credit Parramatta last week um, on the nights. They showed they showed flashes of, of brilliance. Um, they scored some good tries, particularly, you know. Oh, you got your uh, nuggets on. while I got three. Um, Fergo did some really good stuff. And speaking then, of the champions, what's the end of the this is some singing talent. Australia's I've, still I've, got talent by the sound I've, of it. Um, I've muted Shane. He's, uh, <laughs> I think he's still delirious from the South Sydney win. Yeah, well, you know, he, he, he's got talent. Shane I thought I'd muted – sorry, I thought I'd muted myself. Uh, I was just talking to my daughter. We've got an insight into the uh, the Shano household <laughs> eating yeah. nuggets while jersey, singing glory to South got Sydney. Jersey Day, they got Jersey Day at their dancing, and Mika and I, Mika, you can't see her, everyone else, but there she is. Hi, there you go. Hey, Hi, bro. she's on there. She's on, she's she's uh she's got the uh she's got the Rabbitohs gear on, but my other daughter. Uh, she's worn something a bit different, so I was just singing singing the song to her, and I, I was I thought I was on mute. My apologies. I didn't know you could hear that. You could hear that sort of a voice. My apologies that you could the hear that. I've got to be careful now. I've got to be careful a, now. When a I square think dance caller looking for but a man on. But I'm thinking on mute. Yeah, if they want, <laughs> they want a backup Free, singer. Yeah. I'm I'm highly available. To the to the to the people out there in rugby league land, my my apologies. I was I was I pressed mute, but I wasn't on mute. So, so there you go. It's a little bit of oh, not quite a read Marnie moment, but uh, yeah, geez, yeah. that was uh, yeah. That I didn't was, drop the F bomb, but I know we'll oh, get yeah, to the yeah. the uh, the yes. tidbits grabbing gaff in a moment. But okay. that didn't. Oh, I might get my, my, that I might get, that get a mention. That didn't get. Yeah, Shane has just uh, just hit the lead for the gaff. But uh, sorry, Griffo, I think we were just, no, uh, just talking gonna about, have the a chat about the nights. Yeah, there was some good attack from them. Um, some not so good defence. They'll be uh, a little bit disappointed uh, with, you know, with. Uh, yeah, they 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 were down. They came back a couple of times, but you know, I thought Paro clearly the better team overall. Um, yeah, they've made the semis now two years in a row tonight, so that's. That's the positive to come out, I guess, of, of their season. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, I wasn't expecting them to win the game, but they certainly were in it. Um, and, you know, there was the controversy about the penalty try. I thought there was, you know, some question marks about it, but Paro were in front at the time. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm not going to say that cost Newcastle the game. Um, 
Because the other yeah. result is they get it by Simbin. They've got to try and hold Parramatta out with, with 12 players. Yeah, and I don't think they would have. Nah. Yeah. And, and, and look, just before we move on from Newcastle, um, I think a lot of our fans that are listening that go for Newcastle uh, would want us to talk a bit about Caelan Ponga. I think it would be fair to say that, um, that we, we know that he is influential. He's an absolute freak. I think the, the best highlight of that was that... Uh, I suppose it was it was like a bullet that that passy threw out to yeah. um to to, to Arlo. Yeah. That 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 just shows like that's just a slice of the of the brilliance that this bloke's capable of. Um, he's going to be key for them going forward, and I think it's really crucial for the Knights to to have a team they can build around him and have the the supporting actors to his uh to his superstar. Absolutely, I mean there's talent in that side. They're not without talent. You know, there's a lot of forward power there. Um, but, yeah, they just don't seem to be consistent. Um, you know, they can pull out they can pull out a lot of wins, actually. They pulled out a lot, you know, enough to make the, the finals. Um, they were 12 and 12 in the regular season. So, they, you know, overall 12 and 13 um, for the year. Uh, did we expect any better than that? No, I don't think we did. Um, they've got to be looking to, to go at least another week further into the comp next year. Um, there's talent there that some other teams don't have. They've got, as I said, very good forward um, pack or big names, big men. Don't always perform quite as big, but uh, mm. can't can't. Not, I don't know if it's one of Shano's tidbits or not. I don't want to steal his thunder, but that whole Tyson Frizzell debacle. Oh, he was clearly. Was this talk about now. Talk Shano? about now. Talk, oh. nah, talk about now. I, I, I think that was, that was such an ugly look for rugby league. And yet, why the hell didn't Parramatta just bolt at him? Well, they scored the try. He yeah. was, you know, he couldn't get there. He should not have been on the field. No, you don't have to be that's a, a joke. It's a play. It's it, not it, a no, welfare to watch him. He had he, his legs were jelly. It looked ugly, and I think I met. Did I message you guys? And I said, "Frizzell's out." Yeah, I, I, yeah. I thought Frizzell's yeah, gone. Back and forward, like yeah. I thought he's gone. I thought I messaged gone. And then Griffo sudden, actually had it as a gaff contender to keep him out there. I can't believe he then passed it. Like, he looked, he looked, look, I don't want to, uh, yeah. the only word I can find is he buggered. Yeah. Poor bugger. Yeah. I like, yes, he obviously wanted to stay out there, but it don't matter. So, mate, you can't. You're off. Yeah. Like, this business of, Wait until a doctor watches the video is yeah, ridiculous. I, I think what, what you, you frustrates me, Griffo, Griffo, hit to the head. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And Griffo, what 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 I feel and I say run at him because he was his legs were like jelly. Well that's what frustrates me is when a trainer and I'm I'm, I'm, I'm for people in rugby league land, I'm actually looking at these three. Is when is when people is when people turn to the sideline and give the thumbs up. 
and you think, oh, fuck, really? Far out. Thumbs up, mate. What? What you asking? Like, 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 hey, mate, can you tell me who do you play for? Or oh, play for Newcastle? Oh, thumbs up. He's right. He's okay. He's good to go. And it's like, no, he's not good. There is no element of he's good to go. The coaches have footage that they can roll back and forward. I'm, that's why I'm not an NRL coach because you know what I'd say? He's sick. Get him off. Oh, but, but no. No buts. He's a dad. He's a husband. Get him off. It's a joke. Was that wrong. was a blight on the game. It was absolutely wrong. And I hope to God whoever let him stay out there the hauled over the coals right royally. The Newcastle Knights should be, should have been fined after that. Were they? And because no, because they lost. This is the weakness of the NRL. This is the piss take that is. Because other teams the NRL have been times. fined in the past. For of that course they have been. Because they lost. Uh, it was a example. That was a- that was a shocker. That looked ugly. If he was a boxer, game over. But it came back on. I know on how later. the hell he did that. And like, then the referee is telling the trainer to get him off. Yeah. Just, yeah. You know, I might have been a different injury. I don't know, but he said, Well, stay off. No, he was get off. Like, he was not a he was not a healthy young man. Oh, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. And I know yeah. the, the NRL's made a lot of good progress on in that yeah. area of the game, but it was a it went, step back. It went slightly backwards on the, the weekend. Ninth, last it? Week. Yeah, it went backwards slightly. It showed it. It showed a deficiency, maybe. Mm. A lot of questions there, and look, we're we're always looking for answers, and uh, the most logical place to look for any answers is Shano, and uh, Shano's tidbits. <laughs> All right, we're a little bit yeah. further into the podcast than normal, well, Shano, but was... uh, at the two-hour mark, it's time for Shano's tidbits. Yes, well, okay, we've got the uh, – <laughs> I, I was trying to be off guard there. Shano's tidbits, look, um, I suppose when we look at the signings, uh, what's happening, um, you've mentioned uh, Moses Laoto signed a deal. They'll keep him with Penrith at the end of 2024. Um Canterbury has signed uh, John Asiata on a one-year deal. Uh, um, look, I think the CEO, it's funny, James Werberton come out and said that he hopes Asiata will be able to cover uh, multitudes of, pos- of positions. So <laughs> I think that shows where that signing's come from. Look, the Titans have confirmed that Ash Taylor, Tyrone Peachy and Mitch Rain, they're among six players to leave the club. Uh, interestingly, they're not the they they don't have the most players leaving a club. Guess who does? Do you want to guess? Let's go. Well, I know the Titans have uh, the, the Titans have unloaded a few, haven't they? Well, that's what I was just saying. The Titans have unloaded six, six today. Who's, un- who's unloaded more than six? I don't know. The Dragons have unloaded 10. Wow. So 10 All players, it's at least. Have a barbecue. True. 
um, you'd, you'd have a football team. Uh, so yes, um, you've got you've got people like Ash Taylor, Tyrone Peachy, Mitch Rain. They're amongst the six players leaving the club. Uh, Ten Dragons will be leaving. Of course, that includes McInnes, Dufty, Norman, Pereira, Clune, Ellis, um, Beal, Britton, and Lomax. Um, look, it's it's it just goes to show that a lot of clubs really have. Um, really are starting to clear the decks. Uh, you know, before that, you've got Johns. He's linked a, a – he inks a Storm deal. Um, you've got Pax extends with the Broncos. Um, it looks like that um, Pereira, he's going to swap his Red V for the, for the Broncos. Um, you know, Cook's bound for the Dogs and Braley with the Knights. So – um, on top of that, um, Melbourne, they re-signed Maroa and um, Sirenen. He's switching to St. Helens. So, you know, um, Fitzgibbons, he extends his ninth deal. So um, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that's happened in the last sort of fortnight signings-wise. And um and and that's and that's what that's what uh, you know when you look at it that's what it is and I think this time of year sort of once contracts ended signings is where it's at guys we've spoken a lot a lot of Shano's tidbits are taken up with what's happening in the game uh, what's happening as part of our uh, I suppose our preview to next week our summation of last week. One of the things that it really looks like happening in Tigerland is Seraldo moving uh, to the Tigers. And I'm just going to give a bit of a, I suppose, I'm just going to give a bit of a narrative on it. During the year, the Tigers released a, a documentary called uh, Tiger Town, Tales from Tiger Town. And, and we got to see, and we got to see sort of the inner sanctum of a rugby league club. Look, it was the it was the brainchild of their CEO. He he really wanted it. Since then, a lot of top clubs have been asked to do another one, and they've all said no. Can I say this? Soraldo's pretty much looks like he's going to uh, be the coach of the Tigers. I'm going to say this about Madge Maguire. When Maguire entered that club, they were in financial ruin. Their juniors didn't even know if they were part of the Balmain West Tigers junior base. There were actually concerns for where they were playing. Right now, the West Tigers, on the back of what the on the back of what Maguire's done. And with, with Pasco, of course, I'm not going to leave him out. But Macquarie has been a big push in this. They have more than enough money to buy any player they want. Their salary cap-wise, they're in an absolutely brilliant position. They have their new centre of excellence being created and will open end of next year. It should have been the end of this year. I think COVID's probably stymied that end of next year. You then have, on top of that, 
um, they now officially have the largest junior base in rugby league. And yet this coach has built that, who said we need to look to our juniors. The coach that had no say in signing people like James Roberts yet had a say in everything to build the club bigger might get shafted uh, within weeks. I just want to put it out there. I think Madge Maguire, although on the field he, you know, things haven't looked good, and I'll say this, I think they're a team of rejects. I think half the signings aren't his. But yet in the background, what is his has made the Tigers' future look so bright to the point where next year they can sign anyone they want and have cap space to do anything they want. Is it unfair to now bin the coach that built that, Graham? I think the interesting thing is I'm going to go back to something we talked about a couple of weeks ago here on the podcast. Um, You know, I don't want to start this conversation again because the listeners are going, oh, geez, Graham, what are you doing to us? But when we were talking about, you know, the judiciary and um, players being doc pay and so on and so forth, you boys were pretty vocal in saying that the buck stops with what happens on the weekend. And whilst I was talking about a lot of things that go on behind the scenes at training, you guys were saying, look, players are paid to, to play on the weekend, payers are paid to win games, and you boys were saying to me the ultimate goal of a rugby league team is to win games and what happens in that 80 minutes counts. And if I'm going to piggyback off the back of that, Shano, we've got a team here that has not played finals football since 2011. This is a premiership winning coach. Um, Michael Maguire was a coach who got South Sydney to a grand final and won their first grand final in a very long time. Um... I think that uh, there is an argument there to say that uh, unless a club is winning games on the weekend and um, and making finals football, that uh, the coach is going to be under pressure. What do you reckon, Griff? I just had a bit of chili go up. <laughs> oh. I'm eating these chili you, chips. And... I saw you take a bite, so I threw it to you. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, for, mate. For about the... <laughs> I was going to say, I hope, I, hope you're, I hope you're about to say up your notes. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it went to my mouth, but it was like, <laughs> I could feel it going up yeah. my nose. Anyway, I thought I was going to have a massive, uh, uh, you know, a, a cough Whitlam uh, on the, again, I've done it a few times, apologies. But anyway, um, I've survived. Now, West Tigers. Muriel. Um, Muriel. Um, the team with uh, more home grounds than anyone, that's what they win. We've got more home grounds than anyone. Um, I've heard a lot, and Shane mentioned, you know, that apparently off the field now they're quite a, quite a successful club um, and they're making good money and whatnot. And, and that's, you know, all goes well for the future. But in the most... Uh, you know, in recent times, they've been able to be successful on the field. And, um, you know, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Um, if you haven't got on-field success, then you've got a problem. And, um, you know, uh, 
to be honest, they're not my favourite club. Um, as a, as a young kid, I was. Uh, I wouldn't have thought so. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was actually a. I, you know, from from when I started watching rugby league in the seventies, they the West Magpies, Western Suburbs Magpies, as they were. Uh, I followed them. I used to go to Lidcombe Oval. I have all the gear on. Um, and then uh, for a variety of reasons, uh, in the mid-80s, I started having an interest in Penrith, um, mainly because uh, some of the guys that I went to school with um, were playing lower grades or some made it to, to first grade. So I was following them you know, a bit more closely and then um, you know, West went down to Campbelltown, and yeah. Anyway, so I've been I've been a Panther supporter since the late eighties, um, but I did have a you know the West Magpies, Western Suburbs Magpies were my team, um, which is not the West Tigers, but they make up part of it. Um, but yeah, look, I don't have the solution for them. The reality is, yes, they have got a lot of cap space to fill. Uh, because a lot of their players that were overpaid have come to the end of their contract. Russell Packer um, was the last of those guys on the big money um, signed during the Ivan Cleary era. Um, he was the last one. He retired, so that freed up a lot of cap space. Um, they let Moses M. Bye, um say bye-bye. He's going to the Dragons. Yep. Um, and that's freeing up a bit of cap space as well, but they're paying part of his salary. I'd love to know. I, I'd love this, the salaries all to be published, uh, especially these yeah. situations where yeah, 100%. guy is, is being paid by another club to play against them. Um, and, uh, you know, Penrith used to do that a bit. Um, I'm hoping Penrith are not paying anyone else to play particularly for Parra, like I know when Blake went there and uh, Regan Campbell-Gillard, Penrith were footing, you know, some of that at least. And those guys were on big money, um, signed in the Gus Gould era to long-term contracts. Um, But it really threw the salary cup out of whack. Um, And the Tigers have been the masters of, of salary caps out of whack over the years. We saw the so-called Big Four. Um, that was Tedesco. Don't get much bigger than him. Moses um, Woods, who at the time was, mm-hmm. I think, an Australian representative, yeah, and uh, Luke Brooks. Um, and then there was all this talk about how you know how are they going to keep the Big Four together? They had salary cup issues and. Um, as we know, three of those guys went on to uh, what were greener pastures um, and they kept Luke Brooks. And then they still talk about, well, you know, is he going to be there next year, et cetera, et cetera. That conversation has been going on for a few years. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's been a lot of guys. You know, Adol Carr was another guy who was at the Tigers who went on to much better things. Um, I can't blame Madge Maguire or indeed Ivan Cleary for that because it was Jason Taylor, I believe, who said he's not a yeah. first-grade footballer. Yep. So, um, yeah, we don't know uh, what Jason's up to these uh, days. Pappenhausen. 
Pappenhausen, of course. Um, Pappenhausen. We, I, I was it was it Jason Taylor? It was was either Taylor or Cleary who said we don't know where to play him. Yeah. Um, like he was <laughs> what's going on? He was originally rejected by Parramatta in the juniors and then went into the West uh, Tigers yeah. junior system or the Balmain Tigers, possibly. Uh, I believe he might have played in the same team as Adam Dewehi. Um And uh, that would have been a pretty fair side. Um but 2021, Tigers have gone backwards. Um, you know, for a few years there, they were perennial ninth place. That was a bit of a, you know, standing joke for a few years. But then last year, they went back to 11th. And this year, they've dropped to 13th. Um, and that's what matters on the field. Yeah. Matters most. Everything matters. All the, you know, you know, the off-field stuff, that all matters. That's building your you know, your, your foundations for future success. Well, um, and they need that and, and, and good luck to them with that. You know, they've obviously made really good progress with all that. And maybe in, you know, five, 10 years time, we're going to see the, the fruits of that labor. But in terms of 2022, things look grim on field. Um, there's players who, high-profile players don't want to go there. Latrell is a classic example. Um, the Tigers offered him a lot more money than what the Rabbitohs did, and he chose the Rabbitohs. They wouldn't have um, needed him if they could have held on to Tedesco. True. Case in point. True. Well, you know, I mean, they played together <laughs> think, at the Roosters. He could have, could have found a spot in the centres for I him. Think, but, I, I, think, I think... Look, can I, can I, I think, say- Graham, Graham, my point, and I, I want to throw it to you now, and I, I want yeah. to preface it by this. There's a, there's a coach that's going to get hung up to dry. Yeah. Since starting there, he's told Pasco how to run a club because he didn't have any idea, really. He's got he's got the juniors to, to the point where they're the biggest junior system in the NRL. COVID, COVID stopped that. But they, but numbers wise, before before everything stopped, they were bigger than Penrith. He's got them to the point where they actually are making serious money. He's also got them to the point where salary cap wise, he's worked it out where who to keep and where who not to keep. His two key signings, his two key signings, not the clubs, were Offerhangawi and Dwayne. Does the coach does he deserve something more than yeah? I oh, think you've does. had a horrible year. I'm not saying, Matt. Look, it's not because you know he deserves. A, what does he deserve? The pay for the job that he's doing because what you just described is the CEO of a club. That's and exactly what I say. Going. And you know what? And I think Pasco set this this set this documentary up. Yeah. Pasco set the documentary up At least he wears to a help tie. himself. He, might swear. he was the only guy who said, "Let's do this." And I'll give you. I'll I give honestly you. think, I honestly think that Madge Maguire, when you pull down the nitty gritty, has done all this. He leaves that, but where does that leave the Tigers then? Well, the thing is with the Tigers. This is what I wanted to say because my main point here is that. I know I'm going back a long time, but the um, the the 2005 Grand Final 
really inflates our perception of the success of this club. And I'll put it in perspective. Earlier on in this podcast, you can rewind it back now and you can listen to us talk about the Gold Coast franchise and the fact that they have not been successful. We have talked about how we measure success. That's wins, it's making final series. In the history of the West Tigers, in the history of the club, so going back to the year 2000, they have only made the finals three times. The Gold Coast Titans came into the competition as the Titans in 2007. They have made the finals one, two, three, four times. The Gold Coast Titans have featured in the finals more times than the Tigers. Admittingly, the Tigers have a premiership. That that really backs our point that Griffo and I are making, that when you've got a premiership, it counts for more. What we... Griffo's just... He's, he's, been, attacked, he's been attacked by the chili again. Is that more... The, the chili. What I'm basically saying is that everyone's ready to throw the Titans and say they're a rubbish franchise. The The Tigers haven't made the finals as many times as them. What I'm getting from what you're saying, Shane, is that Madge McGuire is great at running a business and are we measuring success by how successful a business is? In which case, yeah, great. The Tigers are a good business. They might sell shirts, make money, whatever. But at the end of the day, I'll tell you what, all the Tigers fans, they'd give it all up for another premiership. And I think you guys are, yes. are going to agree with me where the, the 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 main measure of success for a rugby league team, and you guys argued this with me the other way. Wins on the park, isn't wins it? Wins on the park. So all I'm taking out of this is, does Match McGuire become CEO and then they get a good coach? Is he not a good coach? I don't know. Because he's won a premiership. Nathan Cleary is doing a good job at Penrith. But when they were at the Tigers, it wasn't working for them. The only coach really in the history... When I say the history of the Tigers, you know I'm talking about the, the joint venture. The only coach... And really, he coached them for just about... <laughs> it was his coach for a long time. Tim Sheens. Tim Sheens is the only coach to coach. He's back. To and that's my other point. They've got him back as the head of football. So Hoping they've seen this. <laughs> but this is the this is the funny thing, right? Is they went to the players and they said, Oh, where's Madge's deficiencies? Adam DeWahi. No, oh, look, we've just got to do our thing. Offer Hangawi. Oh, we've got to do our thing. Totally Moses Embai. Oh, he's cranky at us. He doesn't know how to cope with us. He doesn't know what to do with us. He's angry. He 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 doesn't let us play football. You, you're the rubbish. Time that guy's got to get you're rubbish. Team. That's right. That's right. You're not a team so player. they got a guy on it's the off. back of policing the players like that. No Faluma. Oh, we just got to do our thing and we'll be right. On the back of hearing stuff like that, they went and got Tim Sheens back as the head of football. I think next year, with the position that they're in, the Tigers, I think that I think they've just got to wait one more year. Mm. Uh, look, it'll be interesting to see. I'll be honest with you. Um, yeah, we've got pretty... two games to talk about. Yeah, that's, that's, me that's right. We've got, some, we've got some footy, and I, I think it's interesting, and it proves a point where to pinpoint these issues. I mean, and, and that's the thing. You're, you're, you're 
giving a very good insight into these rugby league clubs because depending on who you are, like if, say for example, um, say say for whatever reason I was an investor in the West Tigers rugby league club, and they're making money. I'm happy. Go, they're flying now. Meritons. Look, but if look, I'm a fan, I'm you not. don't see it. It's the same with the dogs. Like ask our mate the doctor. Yeah, yeah, I know. And and the His poor Facebook guy, like, feed is uh, exhibit like, A. You know, like, and that's the thing. You just don't. You just don't see. You just don't see where, where in the like I've always said, grand finals are won in the back room. The back room starts the momentum that that that, that gets on field success. It's the same argument you guys are having for the the dogs at the moment. We've, we've said it all the time that you know you can talk about the dogs like you know I feel for Trent Barrett. He's trying so many things. If the back room doesn't start to say we'll listen to you, like if you look at the the, the like. The center of success, the, the center of excellence at the, the Tigers. When Maguire started at the Tigers, they couldn't train one day because the Concord was double booked. And he goes, Who's do, who's running this? You know what the club said? Oh, the council run it. He says, No, we freaking run it. You could imagine what Maguire would have said. We run it. We run it. I've just got a question, Shane. I know you've dabbled in a bit of oh. uh, teaching oh. English. Mm-hmm. But is <laughs> yes. It, um, I'm not sure if I've got the right term, but is it the term an oxymoron um, by saying West Tigers Centre of Excellence? Because Yeah, not- that is an oxymoron <laughs> at the moment. That is an oxymoron, yes. Yes, yeah. the bittersweet. Um, yeah, it's – but you know what? It wouldn't have gotten up if it wasn't for people – if it wasn't for Madge. Madge all of a sudden showed them what it was. Like, you know how sometimes clubs get storm players and say, what do they do? Help us. Madge, Madge has jumped into this and said, and shown them how to be a football club only to be shafted because the players that they've let go didn't buy in. The players they're keeping boardy, it was the players they let go. Mm-hmm. I, I will, I, I, and and I think that I think the guy deserves one more year, just to show, just just to show what. Okay, I've built this. What can we do? Anyway, we've got two football games. Anyway, That's my tidbits. We'll, we'll get uh, two hours twenty two minutes in. Uh, we'll we'll get that sound bite for this time next year, and we'll see. <laughs> Yeah. I always say that and I forget where uh, they are and I couldn't be I couldn't be stuffed going back through the podcast. Uh, anyway, I just, you know, it, yeah. look, if we look as I said, we're we're a bit late on getting into some of the formalities, but they've been um they've been as good as ever. And um we've talked about the games, but I, I think that Griffo's been holding on to something here he wants to uh really highlight because we always get some quality um well, some quality football action for Griffo's grab. Griffo's grab! What's happening this week for Griffo's grab? Lion Dutchman. Yeah, thought so. Um, I know we got a mention earlier in uh, in the podcast, um, but yeah, he grabbed my eye last week. Um, he seems to be getting back to his tip-top form, where whether he's got his running game going. Um, 
and uh, some impressive uh, impressive work from the Flying Dutchman last week. A um, couple of tries, one of which I think was largely his own work, and another one where he used his speed. Um, but he's also he's also their goal kicker, and uh, twenty four points last week from his two tries, seven goals, and right on full time um, for good measure, a two point field goal. Um, so he was outstanding. Um, he made one fifty five running meters. Now that doesn't sound outstanding, but it was better than anyone else on the park there. Um, much less than a lot of the Eels players made against the Knights, but it was a different game. Uh, so he was a game high there with 155 running metres. Um, two of those uh, tries involved a lot of that running. Uh, a line break and three tackle breaks. So statistically not as good as you know some other performances we've seen from guys who've grabbed my eye, but it's not all about the stats. It's about those moments in a game. And there were moments in a game there where he showed he was back to his uh, his Clive Churchill best. And he's going to be a danger man for either Penrith or Parramatta next week. And uh, either or potentially um, the Rabbitohs or, you know, Eagles slash Roosters. Um, special mention, the man who parted the Red Sea for the second time with his Ron Mitchell Moses um, on that sort of form, you know, it justifies why you know, the faith Brad Fittler had in him to, to give him a Blues jersey. Um, and again, Mitchell Moses, a former West Tiger, um, that uh, that is doing good things for another club. Um, I mentioned Campbell Gillard earlier, and I thought, I thought he was outstanding in his, in his return. But the winner... This week, the Flying Dutchman, Ryan Pappenhausen of the Melbourne Storm. Fair call. I mean, the guy's the guy's phenomenal. And th- there was a little bit of talk there when Nico Hines was at fullback and he was easing his way back in. There might have been a moment of hesitation in some people's minds as to whether or not, you know, he was going to hit that form that he previously had. Um, yeah, it's taking a while to get his confidence back. Yeah, be, you know. But just the Hines was playing better footy at the time. Yeah, but, um, I, I, look, I, knows him. I agree. Yeah, and that's true. And, and and those good coaches, like we come off the back of a conversation there where we talked about coaches. Realistically, the good coaches know how to build their players, get them right. I mean, that two point field goal was just icing on the cake. That was just I'm kicking it because I can. It was awesome. I thought it was pretty good. So yeah, I I think that's an. Um, that's a pretty good uh, Griffo's grab this week, Griffo. And look, as I often say, we uh, we head from the highs of the highs with the chameleon and Griffo's grab to the lows of the lows and Graham's gaff. All right, fellas, I'll tell you what. I'm going to be honest. Record with number of contenders. Oh. <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. This is, yeah. I'll tell you what, this is a tough week, bro. I, I take this my hat is, off to you, mate. I'm glad, like, like, like you used to say the tidbits, so how do you, like, I don't know how you pick the gaff. Well, I'm going to give the listeners a bit of insight, and I, I don't like admitting this, but there have been episodes this year where I've, I've gotten on the podcast, and before we've gotten into air, I said, fellas, I need a gaff. Like, 
I've got this one. Do you have a better one? What are your thoughts? And we discussed discuss the gaff. I reckon in our WhatsApp chat this week, we've called about six different things that were the gaff. Um, I have a feeling a lot of fans are listening and going, oh, you're going to say the Herbert flick pass and he should have thrown it to Fafita or earlier to, to Thompson. I'm going to go the flip side because a lot of people are really focusing on the Titans and the fact that they bombed that try at the end and it was a gaff. My gaff this week is Matt Ikevalu, who basically passed the ball. He should get a try assist. He was coming off his own line, basically dropped the ball into uh, Jared Wallace's hands, and he fell over for a try. A lot of people, and the narrative, and I know that, you know, we've got to talk about these tight games and how the Titans should have won and all this sort of stuff. Matt Ikevalu doesn't have gaff of the season. Uh, The Titans aren't in it. Yep, admittingly, 100%. admittingly, I think that happened at about uh, oh, the 68th minute of the Titans game. I think I've they were say, 12 up at the time, possibly. Yeah. Look, yeah, they they were. And look, about a minute before that happened, um, I was pretty keen on the uh, Lumi Lumi. Uh, Lumi Lumi. Yeah. <laughs> we we did like that one when we were watching the uh, the Storm and Melbourne game. As yep. soon yep. as he was disappointed, oh, didn't win. And I know that. Um, look, I know that uh, Griffo, you're a big Lumi Lumi fan. You were calling well, Lumi Lumi is a listener. You, you couldn't believe that he's not in the team every week. <laughs> look, Lumi Lumi, I know you're a listener. I know you wanted to win the gaff. Our apologies. You did your best. It just wasn't good enough yet again. I think, from yeah. memory, in fairness to to the Lumi Lumi uh, supporters out there. I think he did actually do well to score their first try from memory. Um, he did. But then, uh, yeah, there were a couple of incidents. But one main one. Um, I, yeah. Was some, any other it, contenders, Graham? Uh, look, just on Lumi Lumi, I was going to say it because I knew that I'd be talking to you about him. I've got to be honest because we talked about him last week and said, ah, oh, geez, he probably shouldn't be in the team. Apart from that gaff, there were some times where he did some good things. So I'll, I'll yeah, give him credit. Yeah, to be fair, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, gosh, there were a few. I was actually even at the time, and I know this seems very ridiculous in hindsight uh, because it didn't phase him and he went on. There, there was something that passed through my mind when Blake Taft dropped the ball for the uh, for the Penrith try to happen later on. I was even thinking, geez, that could be a gaff if he goes into his shell. But um, no, you know what I thought? I thought when um when Cleary kicked the ball into the in goal, Alex Johnson just watched it over this watch it do what it did. If he'd put his big high five on that ball, oh. it would have gone over the dead ball line. I thought that was gonna be a gaff. Yeah. There were a few. It was good fun. Finals footy, it was, it was good, great footy. Morgan Harper, early in the... He, he came up with a few. Not normally. <laughs> yeah. Normally, he's no. normally very good, Morgan Harper, but he didn't he, have a good game at all. Nah. It, it, look, that's where I was thinking, geez, like... there's There were a few, and I, I felt like... I didn't want to get too excited, because as you said, Morgan Harper, Lumi Lumi, I didn't want to get too excited on the, the Friday game. Um but yeah, there, there were there were a few about. It's good fun. Um, but yeah, I, I don't want to put down 
too many players, but geez, it was uh, it was good fun on the weekend to to see a few gas. And it's it, look as as long as it's not you know putting blokes out of teams and really affecting things. I, I want people to understand that the the gap is it's light hearted. Uh, some people have said, oh geez, it's it's a bit of a negative. We we, we want to keep it light hearted. We want to look at the funnier side of things and um. Yeah, like just 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 have a bit of balance there, which was, which was good to see, especially in finals, because we saw players that had some good performances, and there were a few gaffes. So yeah, and of course, it's a, it's a gaff. The other big contender, so Reed Marnie, we mentioned it earlier. It's, uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> wow, that was a gaff. That was oh, funny. Goodness. Even oh, do you know who I'm going to give credit to? Channel Nine on their Wide World of Sports um, Facebook. They actually shared it afterwards. They flicked oh, out the swear word. They shared it afterwards and said, "They said uh, I'm not sure. Not sure. Reed Marnie was was ready for it. Something along those lines." But they did actually share it. Oh, good on so it. Yeah. I think that's, that's good. That's, that's that's pretty good. And that just shows that um, look, people people make make mistakes. There are gaffes here. Um, you have a laugh. You move on. Reed Marnie's a good bloke. Obviously, he didn't realise that uh, he was on national TV when he. Drop the f bomb, but oh gosh, you gotta love it. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I, I sent really a, I sent a text to you guys. Like, were you watching Ko or no? I was watching Ko. Yeah, I, I didn't was on see Fox, it. I was on the Fox coverage too, so I didn't yeah, see it until yeah. oh, okay. you told us, and then I yeah. looked it up. So, like, I, I prefer. I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not trying to influence our viewers at all or our listeners to be viewers of one or the other. I just. Um, I've been going with nine only because um, it's closer to live than uh, um, yeah, yeah, than with my. Well, we, I've got I've feed. got all I'm, I stream everything, so it's the same. And, and I, okay. I have the I have old school uh, satellite Foxtel, so all right, I don't so have that's... to worry about the internet delay. Okay, oh right, yeah, I've... but for me, like the nine coverage just going through the TV is is maybe nearly twenty seconds ahead of. Yep. Uh, if I've if I'm streaming KO, so um, that's the only reason because I actually I, I do prefer more of the commentary teams on on the Fox coverage, which comes through KO. Um, I've got to say that some I'm not that fond of, but um, but yeah, I, I do prefer the I like um, I like Vossi as a commentator. Um, I like Dan Ganane as a commentator as opposed to some of the guys on Nine. Um, and Nine have, they have a much bigger team um, of co-commentators, uh, whereas Fox, essentially, they just got one guy, might be Brayton Astor, might yep. be Blocker Roach, might, who's, I've got to say I'm not the biggest fan as a commentator. Um, Brake does a good uh, job. Sorry, Michael, Michael, Michael Ennis. Yeah, yeah, Brandy. I think Brandy's fantastic as that that expert commentator as well. Um, so I, I'd actually prefer their coverage, but I just I just like particularly when it's a you know a game my team's involved in um, to to know that okay this is as close to live as I'm going to get. So. Um, Anyway, 
yeah, yeah. Reed Marnie, thank you because uh, <laughs> it it brought so much joy to to so many. Oh, and just just quickly there, you guys mentioned Michael Ennis. I don't know if um, we haven't mentioned it, and I don't know if you guys heard much about it. I I haven't heard an update for a couple of days, but I think he was actually in hospital. I think he had a cr- a bad reaction to oh. the um. I think he had a vaccine. He had a he had a crook reaction. So um, okay, yeah, I, I oh, don't right. know a lot right. about it. But he was not on any of the finals broadcasts on the weekend. He was in hospital. But um, yeah, I don't have a lot of information. That's no good. I hope he's fine. I hope he's all right. Yeah, yeah and hopefully it's, it's not good, too yeah. serious. Jeez, uh, hope he's hope he's all right. Yeah. Absolutely. So just just yeah. something that a lot of I, kids, um, Michael Ennis. Yeah, something I heard on the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Dad. I I really like him as a as a commentator and a and a panelist. And the other guy I didn't mention, Cooper Cronk. I think he's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Just an analyst of the game. The new Sterlow, really. Yeah, analyst. Really sad that Sterlow's vacated. Yeah, hundred percent. But but Cooper Cronk, he's on the ball. Analyst of the game. Yeah. Yeah, it shows that. uh, And he's one of those blokes. One of the great players, smart player, halfback. But yeah, um, as I said, uh, yeah, sorry to the fans, I don't right. have much on Michael Ennis, but that that's what they were reporting. That's what I heard. I just yeah, thought I, I did hear, I did hear that. Okay, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that was the case. So obviously, not a lot of information there. We just all we can do, considering what we know, is just wishing the best because uh, oh, he seems like a yeah. good bloke and a great uh, contributor to the uh, the coverage. Yeah. When we're talking about contributions to any rugby league coverage, the um the main thing that's going to contribute and get eyeballs on the telly is the football. Two games. And we got two games this week. Both of them are going to happen at Mackay. Unless you are one of the lucky people who uh, snagged a ticket, uh, it is officially sold out both games. You will be watching this on TV. And for us, this is going to uh, kick off our preview for the week. All right, so as I said, we've got two games this week. Um, everyone knows that uh, Manly and South had the week off. Mackay is getting ready on Friday night for the Seagulls versus the Roosters. Um, keeping everyone up to date in regards to the team news. Changes from last week. Lachlan Croker for the Manly Warringah Seagulls will return at uh, Hooker. Lawton's shifting to the bench. Sirenin's going back to the reserves. For the Sydney Roosters, some of you are looking at your team list that has Sam Verrills named at number nine. We now know that he will not take part in this game. Last night he was at the judiciary, and he was unsuccessful in attempting to achieve a downgrade. Sam Verrills will not be taking part. He was never winning that. He was never winning that. My guess, I don't know what you guys think. I'm thinking um, Ben Marshke might jump in from the reserves. Yeah. And, uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Butcher, Nat, Nat Butcher back Yeah, inside. Nat Butcher comes up. I think, yep. it's, I think it's appropriate that in these COVID times that Ben Marshke uh, is, is playing because I don't know up. if they have to wear a mask up in Queensland. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, they're hoping they're for a win. The... All the fans are going to have to wear their masky and uh, they're yeah. hoping for a winsky. And, absolutely. Uh, Look, the other news that uh, people may have heard, it has been reported throughout the week, um, Takiyaho out of the side. So that's a big loss. Yeah. That's massive. Big that's, that's big. And he, yep. he played bugger all time last week too. He was yep. he's, he's not well at the no. moment. 
and to give everyone an indication of what's happening uh, in regards to the officiating, Sutton's going to referee this one. You've got Ashley Klein upstairs for the video referee. The finals progression, uh, the winner of the Roosters and Manly will take on the South Sydney Rabbitohs uh Friday, oh, Friday, 24th of September. So um, the yep. winner of this will go through to the Friday game, which will be, look, winner of this gets first crack at South Sydney. Winner of that is the first team into the grand final. We talked about Manly coming up against a strong opposition. The narrative for the Roosters, Griffo, has been the injuries throughout the year. I'm really interested to see your thoughts on this one because whilst Manly came up against the Storm last week, a lot of people will say that the Roosters aren't quite at that level and that Manly really should win this one against a, a Roosters team who are still, you know, without a lot of players. I'm one of those people, Graham. Um, one thing I want to point out about Manly from last week and, and one of the reasons they were down was because they were missing Lachlan Croker. Now, Croker has developed into quite a good number nine. Um, I really didn't think much of him as a number nine, say, last year or, you know, he's been that role for a while, but they really missed him. Um, they had Carl Lawton playing dummy half, who has had some experience as a as a dummy half but and for much of the game they had Jake Trebojevic certainly at near the end of the game Trebojevic was was doing the dummy half duty and that is not what Manly want but Croker's back this week I think he'll he'll make a difference um looking at that side you know it's pretty much their best their best possible side um Turbo, Saab, Parker, Harper, Garrick. Um, there's been a lot said about those guys and their success this year. It wasn't there last week. Um, but, you know, um, I, I think we're going to see those guys, uh, particularly Turbo. Um, obviously, we expect he's going to be better. Uh, their forward pack is quite settled. There's a lot of skill there. There's a lot of power there. Uh, and you've got the likes of Paseca coming off the bench to add even more power. Dylan Walker's been good in 14 for him this year. Uh, Lawton and Kepi, solid. Um, their reserves, the guys who can't make it on the field, Sipley, Suli, Sirenan, and Funa. Um, <laughs> They're names that everyone's so, going to be familiar you know, with. That while something. I, over the last few years, I've really questioned mm. Manley's depth yeah. and talent. Those guys can't make can't make the field. Um, I'd say there might be some Manly supporters that might have liked to see Moses Suley, um, at least in the 17. Um, but uh, he's, he's, he's out. So um, that's what they're running with. The opposition, a team that I've been so impressed by, um, resilience personified, um, they've lost more players from, from those that played last week, but won't back up. So Verrill's suspended. We've talked about the Mashkis coming back. Uh, uh, we don't know if he's the Maskey singer or not, but uh, we had, we heard a singer <laughs> earlier in the program without a mask. It must be said. Um, I just think that that from 
apart from Tedesco, um, and to a less, much lesser extent, Tupo, I just don't think that that backline is is going to worry the Manly side too much. Um, I just think Manly more attacking potential than their opposition. Uh, the Roosters forwards still are a very good pack, but again, they're not quite at their best and the loss of Takiyaho is massive. Um, they do, on the flip side, they do bring Nat Butcher back from injury, who he would be in the 17. Um, if they, you know, if, if they're getting their best 17, he's one of those guys. He's been out for a number of weeks. Bradley made an amazing difference to them last week, both in attack and defence. I thought he was outstanding in the victory over the Gold Coast. Probably the best player on the field, just about Victor Radley. Um, the likes of Crichton and Tupanua, Waria Hargreaves. There's a lot of talent in that forward pack, but I just think overall the skill level of Manly um, is going to be a little bit too much for the Roosters to handle. Uh, we saw that the Gold Coast were able to, um, you know, score a lot of points against the Roosters. Manly are a more dangerous side than the Gold Coast overall. Um, and I think they're going to really trouble the Roosters' uh, defences, particularly out wide um, and turbo through the middle. I just don't know that the Roosters have got enough points in them to beat uh, this Manly Warringah Sea Eagle side. Um, so it's it's uh, Manly for me, Shano. Yeah, yeah I fully agree, Griffo. Look, I, I think if, if covered Manly fairly comp- very comprehensively. I can't really add much more. I think I think with Manly in this game coming up against the Roosters, their one to seventeen really does lay the platform for for what would be a Manly win. I know we mentioned Maskey coming in for um, for Verils, and that that seems like a good swap. A, a guy who who I think. You know, Dale Copley's in, uh, in number 18. I, a good player. I just don't know where you'd put him. I, I just look at him and I just go, you know, you've got Sam Walker at 14. Is there some sort – now, I know we mentioned this earlier. If Sam Walker is the guy – no, if Sam Walker's there, he's, he's playing – is in the side. Is there value in swapping him with Drew Hutchinson? If you're going to have someone who's not a forward on there, is Dale Copley the guy to have on there? I, I, I just, I just think that the Roosters need to think outside the box for this game. Um, look, I, I, James Tedesco, he is one of the best players in the competition. Um, we were Hargreaves. Liu, Crichton, Tupanua, the guy they're going to miss is Takiaho. I, I think I think no Takiaho for this Roosters side really does um, cause some problems for them. Um, I I just I just think that at the back end of the game, Manly's just going to start to run over the top. I think I think that you need footballers in this game. And I just question whether the tight, uh, sorry, the Roosters have the footballers on deck to play this. 
Griffo has comprehensively said that Manly are a very good side. Everything he said about Manly, I 100% agree with. Graham, I've got Manly. I just think they're, they're just, there's just a frag too much class there in the end. Yeah, I think the big thing that's going to happen for, for Manly this week is given the change in opposition, I think they're going to have a bit more possession and a bit more opportunity to to show what they do. I mean, I think last week they had 30-something percent, like 38, 39% possession. I think they'll get a bit more ball. I think their forwards will have a bit more opportunity to attack as opposed to doing a lot of work in defence. And I think that will open up the opportunities for some of those players we've talked about. Um, what I was alluding to way earlier on in the podcast when we were talking about Tommy Trebojevic is the fact that for Tom Trebojevic to come into the game, um, the forwards have to do their job, obviously. But it's also up to the halves. Like I, I think um, in this manly run, um, I know people might strike me down here, I think the unsung hero, in a sense, has been Daly Cherry Evans. And I think given his opportunity... I agree with you, Greg. No, no one can strike you down there. And you know what? Even more, uh, Kieran Foran. Yeah. And, good and, point. And, Very good point. And, and it's funny you mentioned Kieran Foran as well as Daly Cherry Evans. Um, they're the two surviving members from the... Um, the 2013 team that the Roosters beat um, in the grand final. So, look, I think Varia Hargraves and Tupu are the only two players from the Roosters team. That's more of a, a tidbit and a stat than anything. It's going to give you an indication as to who's going to win this game. I just think it's going to open up a bit more for them this week. I think that... Tedesco. Yeah, that's... He, he has to be. Like... <laughs> Yeah. Tedesco and, and to a, you know, Radley, I thought, as I said, Radley was outstanding last week. Um, He's phenomenal. Yeah. That's a guy who's never represented the Blues. I think he might be there next year. If he if he's a good boy and if he's not injured, he might get a start. Yeah. There's, some, there's, some, there's some extenuating issues, but I, th- I agree with everything you're saying, Graham. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I just think, I think Manley's... Um... Man, uh, yeah, I think mainly this week, but as you can tell, there's a bit of hesitation. Um, yeah, I, I'm tipping Manly, and Manly are the team to tip if you if you if you follow rugby league. But um, look, oh, yeah, jeez, um, yeah, you're the course, finals expert, Graham. I know, I know. Look, it was just the fact that I one hundred percent record in the twenty twenty. It was, and our listeners are going to be a bit confused because I did actually talk on the podcast last week. I said Penrith would win, but it did um, indeed. Anyone who's known me, and for, you came to your senses. And well, anyone who's known me for more than ten minutes knows that I uh, I punch South into the uh, tipping comp every week. So it was more, it was more circumstance rather than. Um, you know, me knowing what's going on. But I think I think Manly in this one. I think Manly, I think that, um, yeah, I, I, I think they've got a little bit more strike. and uh, But I, I think it's going to be an absolute cracker. But I, I'm tipping Manly. I'm with you guys. And uh, i got a question for both one. of you guys who, you yeah. know, your allegiance is with a team that uh, will play yep. them for this game. Yep. Which team do you fear more? Don't care. Uh, to, no, look, I, you know what? I, I, I think I think that 
I think Manly have the skill. Beware a side like the Roosters. If they win and get to South Sydney, what Robinson can do, like beware the wounded tiger type of thing. I I just think that what South Sydney need to do – what not the West Tiger, but what, <laughs> maybe what the Bengali Tiger? Yeah, you know, like I remember when I remember when South Sydney played the Roosters in fourteen, and it was like I think the problem with South Sydney is they they you know like I remember look before that in two thousand and thirteen we played the 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 Manly Seagulls, and South were up. I think if Dylan Walker had fluffed the try, they would have gone in a halftime at fourteen nil. And and they would have made the grand final that year. It, I all I care about is the team that South Sydney are and how oh, South yeah. Sydney play. Oh. Who 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 we play? Look, if if the Roosters win, I can give you a number of players that would, you know, people go, oh oh, but but aren't you worried about um, Trubojevic? Yeah, there's a guy called Tedesco on the other side, yeah. like. I, I, I think that I can give pros and cons for either. I just want South Sydney to play. Yeah. yeah and when get, South Sydney play that. football, we I get win. that. Who my, we play, I don't care. My I, initial... I genuinely I I look, if it was yeah, I don't. I, I suppose I, I, I suppose I suppose if you're on the super coach points, you'd want to play the Roosters. The the, the thing that for me, Griff, it was funny because, you know, Straight away when you said that, I said I'd rather play the Roosters. I think um, one of the factors that um, just... It's not necessarily an expert opinion. This is talking from a fan now. Um, Two weeks ago, we dumped the Roosters. Exactly. So it's it's very fresh that South Sydney know, and it's a very similar Roosters team. We know that we have had a good showing against that team. The only time that South Sydney have played Manly this year was way back in round two. And we don't need to go back to round two of the podcast to know they were a very different team. For me, my reaction was more based on the unknown. We haven't faced an informed Manly this year. And uh, a part of me is a bit concerned. It's it's a fear of the unknown. I haven't seen South Sydney play against uh, an informed Manly this year. And... um, yeah, it's a bit of a concern as to whether or not they'll be able to manage that. I'm confident they would, but I know from only a couple of weeks ago that that, that, that South Sydney have managed the Roosters, and that was the uh, the reasoning for my initial reaction there. Yeah, I'm a neutral, obviously, and, and I just think Manly are a much better chance of beating the Rabbitohs than what the Roosters are yeah. in, the, in the current, yeah. well, you know, you said it players. last week. They're the team that you would fear as a Penrith fan. Yeah, the for sure. Um, the the poor old Roosters. Well, I shouldn't use those words together. Poor and Roosters. They're not poor. Um, the Roosters. They're not likely to. I don't think to get anyone back. Um, if they manage to get over the top of the Sea Eagles, they're only at risk of of losing more players. Um, I'm not sure Takiyaho if he's out for the season or not, but that team's not really going to get any better. No, and and I just think with what Graham said, and you know, it was very recent when in that big controversial game 
that it was lost the fact that South scored 54 points and the Roosters got 12 in that game. Um, and, and I just think uh, while it'd be from a, um, I guess a, an NRL fan point of view, having the big clash, the Roosters v the Rabbitohs, the, the traditional um, grudge match, I just think it's it'd be a little bit one-way traffic again, to be honest. I, I just think yeah. um, South would be likely. And, and, and as I said, that's why I asked you, because I said... Yeah, who, who I know, I know, you know what? I've, I've thought about Griff. South Sydney have the talent and the players to beat both. Oh, absolutely. I, I think... I, I, no I, doubt. I don't care. I'm, yeah. I'm, not, I don't, I don't care. I'm not saying Manly's going to beat him. I just think... Manly would pose many more questions. Oh, yeah. They pose much more questions. I think there's so many guys out from. And and just to to go on, I've just been looking here at uh, what the Roosters are telling us in regards to injuries. They've got Takiyaho as indefinite. So it's very hard to. Oh, he's gone. Like, he's. But um, to give you an idea, if he was three minutes' chance, he'd be playing. Yeah, and, and 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 I think that the the implication that people are more concerned about is if the Roosters get through this one, would he be on deck for South? Because I think they'd want him. Look, there. the Roosters are throwing everything at this game. Mm. Let's face it; they 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 risk the verils on it. If Takiaho could play twenty minutes, fifteen, ten, yeah. he'd be playing. He's and not it's, good it's, this week. We know. I that. think he's over. I think he's over for the season. Yeah, he's not good this week. I think what fans are a bit, uh, they want to get the information from the club about is whether or not he's a chance next week. And at the moment, we're saying it's definite. It's unfortunate that fans aren't getting an idea. Just before I move on, we're just going to recap because we know Lindsay Collins, Dale Copley, uh, Luke Keary, Joey Manu, Billy Smith, um, Joe Sawali. I don't think I'm forgetting anyone. Well, the retirees as well. Cordner, uh, Jake Friend, Friend, and Verrills is out this week. Yeah. Yeah. Sums it up for them. So, look, I don't think it would be a absolute failure if they went out this week. I think given their injuries, no, they've no, done it. No, 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 most definitely year. not. Yep. Yeah. They've had a great year. But uh, it sounds as though we like the uh, Seagulls in this one. Definitely. Yeah. All right, well, we've only got two games this week. So, fellas, uh, we're going to head on to the second game of the week, also happening at uh, BB Print Stadium Mackay in oh, front of a sold-out crowd. So just right there, I just looked at BB Print and I thought, they're getting amazing coverage. They're um, getting their money's worth, aren't they? When they, right when next they to bought <laughs> naming rights of, of the stadium in Mackay, yeah. right next to wildest dreams, right next to Harrow Park, NRL finals, exactly no, right. Good on them. Print. Right next to Harrow Park. Do you know what um, I like? Ooh, I was thinking the other day, is it the stadium at Rocky where the uh, the Leagues Club? Basically, if you're outside on the uh, balcony, you're in. You're, you're overlooking the in goal. Maybe I, I know. Like I know when Look I went like to that. Mackay. Oh, I remember when I went to Mackay and watched the cutters, mate. It was you. You could you fell into the uh, you fell into Harrop Park. Yeah, and from what I'm hearing too is um, I don't have an official word on the capacity this week. I know the normal capacity is around twelve thousand. 
but I've got it from a very reliable source that they've um they've got in grandstands and they've got a new configuration for the stadium this week. So it's not just necessarily rock up, sit on the hill. For finals footy, they're getting in um some um some scaffolding. They've got seating in, yeah, seating to, in yeah, stuff, like yeah. they did there. Yeah, they got seating in. Right, it's uh reduced yes. if they're taking the hill away. Yeah. Well, well, I I tell you now, Griff, it's uh. Apparently, it's going to look pretty good. And uh, Panther Ash and the yeah. other Watsons, the other Watsons, they're going to be at the game. Yeah, the ones- they're hoping to watch South Sydney, which was unfortunate of them <laughs> as Panthers fans. <laughs> they're Panthers fans. They were hoping to watch South Sydney, yeah. but they're not watching South. They're watching. So there'll be at team. least four Panther no. fans there. They're, yeah, they're watching. Right, they're watching. The, oh no! Look, there's look. I, I know. I know. He. he there's plenty of Panthers fans up there. I don't know why, but there sure is. Look, oh, it's good. one of those areas too, with um, like sort of Central Queensland. Given, that I'm they not don't saying it's Penrith team. by the. I'm not saying it's Penrith by the sea or anything. <laughs> look, I'm not saying Mackay's Penrith by the sea. The 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 point we're sort of making is it's it's one of those areas too where you're within, um, you're drawing from some areas and also too, especially in that Central Queensland area, we don't they don't have their own team. That's another debate for another day. But there are a lot of New South Wales expats up there. Yes. And I'll be honest with you, yeah. there are no shortage of Penrith, Parramatta, oh, yeah. oh. Roosters, Manly fans that will I actually to, be there I went this to, week. This isn't just to get out and have a look at a game of footy. No, no, no. It's going to be a I went to a game when I was up there last time. I'll open it up. Our brother Ashley's up there. And we went and watched um, Mackay Cutters. One night, not where they were playing, and I said, "Let's go." We got some cutter shirts. Why not? When when I when I when we were in the crowd, it was a tapestry of NRL outfits. Like, like it was it was. Look, the, the cutters were horrible um, at that time. No point in going to see them yet. Yet the grandstand was full. Um, the crowd was big. And it was a tapestry of rugby league jerseys. And I, I thought, well, I had a brilliant night. I didn't care about the result. I just looked at this was a great night for rugby league. And I, that's why I love rugby league in Mackay. I, I think that it's 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 a good thing. And, um, you know, like they get to see two games of football. And and it's, it's look, can, I hope they understand what it means to sit in front of a Penrith Parramatta game. Yeah, I hope they understand what it means oh, to this, sit in front of it, and I'm sure they do. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a big rugby league heartland. When I talk about the, the rugby central league capital of the world this weekend, well, yes. look at it. That that yes. that central Queensland area. So like it's central, not North Queensland. Okay, yeah. is that right? Yeah, officially. Why central. not? Why not? You know, you could you could go up there. Uh, Go to Serena, go see some sugar cane being crushed, buy a few lovely sauces, go up to the beautiful area of Yulungula. It's you know, you've you've got a weekend made and then come back down and watch the most important thing in your life, and that is rugby league. You're a lucky man if you live in the area. You're not far person, from the wit, not the just wit man, Sunday person. region of Early Beach and Women, uh, child, you're 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 lucky. Look, you know, you're a stone throw away from some of the greatest uh, holiday resorts uh, on the on the planet. But yeah, that that area, as I was going to say, you know, I, I, I know there's a fair stretch. You know, there's a couple of hours drive between Rocky and uh, Mackay, but that 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 is 
a part of the country oh, look, that is rugby league mad. I reckon. I reckon after for... after this year, after this year, we have a podcast. Where should there be a team, and that could fulfil it? Yeah, that because we've got a we've got a game because it's yeah it's, we've got a game it's, to it's talk about. Com- but that's yeah. But the the, the 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 point I'm making here is that they they're hanging out. They'll 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 show up for a Queensland Cup game. They to, were clamoring to get any NRL games. COVID helped them out there. It's been a long time and it very far and few between when the NRL have taken a game there. They have a finals game. As you said, we, we know people that are up there. The town is buzzing. There's a big game this week with Penrith versus Parramatta. A lot of people are saying it's a Western Sydney derby. Up there, I think we're going to get some real passion from the crowd and some real passion from the Penrith Panthers. Uh, they've got a few players back. We talked about last week Edwards being out and Leota. They're both back. So Edwards at fullback. Leota is in the forward pack. Um, Sorensen, also on the interchange. Um, when I saw his name, I was uh, great to... Well, I was really glad because we talked about his injury last week. Uh, that means uh, Spencer Linu moves to the reserves. And as you would imagine, Charlie Staines and Matt Eisenhuth are the players to drop out completely. So given the players available, no surprises there for Penrith. With the Parramatta Eels, uh, the one player we haven't talked too much about in the podcast and has been um, a contentious topic depending on how you feel about uh, him and his form. But this week we do have Ryan Madison uh, getting that spot on the interchange. Last week we talked about it. Um, few of us were very surprised. We thought he'd be in the team, but uh, that wasn't the case. Madison back this week. Referees, we've got Ashley Klein on the field. Uh, Grant Atkins, he will be in the uh, video referee box. And just to update everyone, we know the winner of this is going to face the Melbourne Storm next Saturday on the 25th of September at Suncorp. So, going into this one, um, we've talked a little bit about both of these teams. Coming out of that game last week, Griffo, whilst the Panthers, um, we, we, we talked about areas where they um, they struggled, they need to improve. They're going to be hot favourites going into this. They're still premiership contenders. We have a couple of players coming back. So Crichton going back to the wing, Edwards to fullback, um, Leota back in the forward pack, even Sorensen on the bench. They're facing uh, the Eels this week, basically, with, with the team they'd hope to have on the park. Yeah. Um, there can't be any excuses uh, if they don't get the job done. Um yeah, they were, we talked about their effort last week. Um, they, they were down, um, their performance. Um, almost every one of those guys would be looking to improve what they did last week. Um, some, A couple of exceptions that I talked about earlier. I thought Crichton was very good, and I thought Isaiah Yo was very good. Um, Penrith, they go get their spark back. If they get their spark back, they win. Um, they are going to be absolutely battered by Parramatta. They're going to try and just bash them out of the game, legally. Um, but 
they've got to stand up to that and then they've got to let that uh, skill I think they've got more skill than than the eels um, and I think they're going to you know, they target the outside backs of the eels Penasini's on a young guy but he he's actually looks really solid uh, I've been impressed by him um, but I think they're going to target Blake Ferguson Wonga Blake Hayes Dunster um, not just an aerial bombardment from from Cleary, but they're going to look to um, they're going to look to go through those guys, particularly close to the line. Um, and I think you know for that to happen, we've got to see a little bit more out of Jerome Luai. Uh, Mitchell Moses, it's a big game for him. He's sort of uh, even though he's older than uh, Nathan Cleary, he's been in the shadow of of Nathan Cleary as a number seven. Um, and, and he will obviously feel that, you know, every time he goes around that he's, he's trying to, to be the number one, number seven in, in the state of New South Wales. So it's, it's going to be a big game for him. He must fire if Para to, to be a chance in this game. Um, he's their, their, I think, their best attacking weapon. Um, while Gutherson's a very, very good player, He's not what you'd call an attacking weapon. He's just got a good all-round game, gives 100%, plenty of enthusiasm. But he, he hasn't got the talent of Mitchell Moses. Um, and that's that's the area that Penrith have really got control. Uh, Penrith have got to match the Parramatta forwards for aggression. Um, they're certainly capable of it. The Para guys, are they're, they're a big team, uh, Para, up front with Campbell Gillard and Paulo. Sean Lane's a big guy. Uh, is quite a big guy. And then their bench isn't quite as, as large. And Matheson's has got some size about him. It's a different bench for Parra with Will Smith is the, uh, is the guy that's going to be the man for all seasons. Um, you know, if they get an injury in the backs, he can cover. Um, but his main role will be to come on and, and replace Ray Stone as number nine. Papali'i. Uh, he's going to be the guy that's going to have to play up front to give uh, Campbell Gillard a rest. Um, really, they've only got three front rowers, as I see it. Um, they might push Nuakore uh, into the middle uh, as well. But uh, normally, yeah, they, they've gone uh, for, for Matteson on the bench. It was a surprise last week when he didn't play. Um, he certainly is a quality player. Bryce Cartwright's been really good for them this year. So there's quality on their bench. Uh, the Penrith bench, conversely, um, I guess, you know, with Mitch Kenny there, I just don't think that, that he's the best bloke to have there on the bench. Um, it, I guess, hinges on the fitness of Tyrone May. But even still, Apikorosau is an 80-minute player. Um, I just think someone who's got more potential in the attacking area of the game might be handy. Um, and maybe it's Isaac Tago. He's been 18th man a number of weeks. I just think, because uh, he can cover the back line if they get an injury out there. I just think he might be, uh, he might be a handy uh, addition to the guys that are definitely going to take the field. That being said, the Penrith forward pack of Leota, Corey Sal, Fisher Harris, Kickal, Capewell, and Yo 
has been able to better most forward packs throughout the year. They weren't able to do it last week against the Rabbitohs, um, but they're going to have to uh, they're going to have to get the job done here um, so that they can pave the way for the likes of Cleary, Luai, and the backs to be able to do their thing. Um, I'm glad to see Scott Sorensen back. He brings a lot of enthusiasm when he comes off the bench. I just hope he's, uh, you know, his injury is at a stage where it's uh, it's safe for him to, to do so. I want to see Pangai Jr. get a little bit more game time. Uh, he's got the size, the skill, the power um, to, to blow the game open for the Panthers um, if they can utilize those attributes that he's got Liam Martin uh, played off he played a bit of uh, uh, in the middle last week I think he's better as a as a wide running uh, forward than, than in the middle but uh, I just think you know I, I really uh, didn't watch too much of as soon as the game finished last week I switched it off I'm normally tuned in to watch the post match and all that happens over the the weekend, listening to various programs and whatnot. Um, I just haven't tuned into anything really. Um, but uh, this week, I'm starting to think, well, yeah, we were down last week and we as the Panthers. Um, I, was, uh, I, was so, I was impressed by Parramatta and the enthusiasm and, and the power that they showed. And I thought, gee, this, this could be tough next week. It will be tough. But I just think... Uh, I think Penrith will get the job done. Um, I'm not not 100%, obviously. Um, I thought they'd get the job done last week, and they couldn't. But uh, for this week, I've got to tip Penrith. And I think, um, I think we'll see uh, an improvement in a lot of the players who were a little bit below their best last week, Shano. Oh, Griff. Wow. <laughs> what can I say? That was a very good... Um... Very good analysis of that game. Um, I, I suppose, I suppose you, you've spoken from a Penrith perspective, and and if I wanted to talk from a Paris perspective, if I was going to give Para fans any silver lining, I think it's the fact that Paulo was able to get off his suspension with a fine. I have no idea how that happened. Um, for mine, he should have gotten at least one. Two weeks, he's there. I think what they've got to do is they've got to do what South did in defence: just muscle up, muscle up in, with their forward pack, compress Penrith, keep them down there, and then use their ad lib football to to get them over the line. Moses has to run at the line. He's got to take the ball and run. He's got to put he's got to put Penrith in two minds. He's got to draw that defence in, which will allow for gaps. Um, the problem with Parrot is they love kicking to corners because they've got this um, they've got this perception that the fullback is the best runner and the the wingers are lesser. If they kick the corners to Penrith, you know they could be in a world of hurt. Um, they just got to find open spaces and and and, and hope for the best. I, I really think when I look at Parramatta. If Parramatta can muscle up, if they can get into the forward grind defensively and then play some not cheap football, but get their forwards to lay the platform, 
go ad lib, let Parramatta's halves run at the line. They're half a chance. In saying that, the class of Penrith is outstanding. I think that class is going to come through. I've I've given it. I've given a little bit more to what Griffo said because I tell you now, what Griffo has just said was outstanding. I I can't add much more to that, Graham. It it's going to be a very very close game. I I don't think it's as clear cut as Penrith win this and and, and go into next week. Mm. I think Penrith will have to work for it, <clears throat> and that's going to be on the back of um. Nathan Cleary, Nathan Cleary's kicking game is going to be the difference. Not his short kicking game, not his bomb kicking game, but the kicking game when the Fords pin Penrith in their own 40, his ability just to kick the corners, possibly a 40-20, that's what's going to win Penrith this game. Yeah, I think you make a good point. Like Obviously, you don't have any easy games going into finals week two, but if we're going to look at some of the key players here, um, we talked about Mitchell Moses and how good he was last week. We don't talk that. That's not every week. If we if we're weighing it up and we're looking percentage wise, in ninety eight percent of the games, Nathan Cleary is the bloke we're talking about coming out of the weekend as being the best half. Um, I think he's got the ability to control this game a lot better. I'm actually um, going to to talk about a clash up front, which I'm keen to look at. And that's um, Regan Campbell-Gillard coming up against the Panthers. And just to really isolate it, Fisher-Harris versus Campbell-Gillard. Uh, often when we talk about matchups and two key players, uh, it's not often the um, the props. I'm actually looking forward to this battle, and I actually think that this is going to be uh, two middle forwards that are going to be going absolutely crackers at each other. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, on the back of what you guys have said, uh Look, Penrith have been quality all year. The Eels are inconsistent. Even if they take the performance they had last week against the Knights, they're playing a different game this week. It's, it's you know, not only a different opposition, you're almost playing a different sport when you play the Panthers in rugby league. They have to have every single little thing right, all their ducks in a row, all the one percenters that rugby league players talk about need to be in the um, in the right spot for the Parramatta Eels to even be a chance. Um, I'm not discounting them and saying that they they don't deserve to be there. They have every right to be there because when we look at the season now, um, we've got this team in the Penrith Panthers that all year we've talked about as being this premiership contender. The Parramatta Eels we were never super sold on. Um, if you're a Parramatta fan, your argument this week is, well, regardless of what's happened over the past 26 weeks, you're both in the same position now. And it's really this week that uh, that matters. Parra will rise for this, but I think Penrith's got too much class. I'm, I'm tipping Penrith in this one, and um, I'm expecting them to go on, and G will be a big one if they do get up uh, taking on the Storm the week after. All right, fellas. So, um, week two of the finals previewed. It's going to be big. We, we don't know. Sometimes in finals we get thrown a bit of a curveball. Um, based on our tips, we're looking at, you know, Panthers and Seagulls going through. But uh, we had some really great games last week, some close games. 
I think realistically, all we've got to do this week, um, <laughs> depending who you follow, it might be easier than others, is just enjoy the fact that it's finals football and we've got some quality uh, footy on the telly. Uh, unless you're in Mackay and you can get out to the game. Sure. Four Sydney teams going around up in Mackay. Yeah, well, it's, it's, yes, you know, it's true. And, yep. and yep, and the only team left in the competition that isn't from um, from Sydney is the Storm. So the favourites. Yeah, <laughs> and that's a big one. <laughs> they're not just making up the numbers. Yeah, it's not the Gold Coast they're, Titans. <laughs> no, and look, they're 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 a fra- fair crack at uh, at winning it. Um, but no, I want to thank you, fellas, for for being on board this week. That was really oh, thank you, Gray. Um, we're Thank you, three Graham. hours and twenty in. That seems to be standard for the uh, the Carpool Rugby League fans this uh, this year. Look, Just... look, Graham. I feel bad, right? <laughs> what have you done? Because well, you're well, Yeah, because I was singing. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like somehow, right, finish the song. So, 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 you know, I feel like I'm biased here. So why not do this? <laughs> Tensions running high. Shows on every face. Coach runs through the game plan. You're in the finals race. The first up tackle hurt you, and tomorrow you'll be sore. But the only thing that's on your mind is you're close enough to score. See, I can sing more than just South Sydney. Songs. Do you know the uh, the Titan song? Go the mighty titans, <laughs> they them to the test. Go the mighty titans, well, we're here to beat the best. Yes, go the mighty titans. There you go. Well, look, as um, it's an array of skills this young man. Oh, look, look I, 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 my I'll dad, the president of the James Carly like, like, fan no, club, no, that doesn't my, surprise my me. My grandfather, I, like, when he emigrated from Holland, and, and you know, his favourite player, Zach Olianik, um, love the Penrith Panthers. If I, you know, yeah, well, why not learn a song by the lovely Jane Scarly? That's what I say. Indeed. Uh, look, you won't get any argument from me. Um, look, we, 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 we've talked about the end of the season coming, fellas. Um, it was great to have everyone on board this week. I think the thing we need to remind the listeners of heading forward Um and Griffo, we've we've had a bit of a chat about this, um, the 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 fluke that is the fact that our hundredth episode will be our, our grand final preview this year. Is that um, right? We we we. Wow. I think we need to start. We've gone for a hundred. Is that going to be our awards? They've, they've led uh, us on first the ever air for a hundred. Couple rugby league awards. We are, we are heading towards oh, one hundred episodes. So. Jeez, we should get some special guests for that. We should. Oh, look, some of the guests that have been touted, um, I'm not confirming anything because I don't want to get people's hopes up. Uh, I'm just going to talk from the fans' point of view in regards to who they hope to see. Uh, no names have been confirmed. Some of the, the feedback we're getting, uh, we're getting a lot of requests for Magpie Jake. Oh yes, um, you know we'd have to go to his house to to do uh, that. Yeah. Oh, he's pretty good on the Zoom. I reckon we could get him on the Zoom. Um, yeah. Other other punters are calling for look a lot of a lot of punters love Square Dance Caller, but we have had oh. punters that are calling, and we've had some feedback. Um, fans want Busy Kingdom. 
they want they want the original um theme a live from, performance a, yeah, a live want, performance they, yes they jeez oh, they, they want a broken hearts live performance that was one uh punter that sent in an email Faye was getting phone calls also too um she 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 really She's been inundated ever since we've we've talked about this this coming up and the grand final edition coming. Um, Faye's been asked a lot about the possibility of us doing some sort of um, alternative commentary uh, live broadcast, oh, yes. uh, watch yes. along style thing where yeah. it could even be if okay. the game's already gone uh, on on YouTube type thing. Could be. I know they do them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be a watch along style. Yeah. Look, bottom line, the fans want more carpool rugby league. Um, never well, fear, because I think there's uh, uh Look, we we we're, get we're back some old favourites. Remember Justin? He was he, he was good for. A, I think he was um, good for a cameo. A couple, um, of, a couple of appearances. Already. I think, yes, I think yes, yes. Good. I think Jussie. the um Jazzy's good for a couple of appearances. Um, I think. The, oh, I think I think Manly Dan. I think Eagle Dan. Dan. Eagle, Eagle Dan. Dan. Eagle Dan is the biggest carpool rugby league fan whose voice has not been heard on this podcast. He's the no, silent it's majority. It's true. He he's, he's, uh, he's how about also... this? I'll call it Eagle Dan. If Manly get up this week. We got him on. You are on next week's. <laughs> this, the challenge has been like, you need to be on next week's podcast. If Manly get up this week, it, but as soon as he hears this, I'll know because the phone will blow up. But I he, lay he down actually, the challenge now. Do you know? Do you know he talked Matt Lodge, and I'm not going to say anything. But he had an opinion on him. I'll, I'll be honest with you. He had an opinion. I'm not going to say yeah. anything because that's not fair to to Eagle Dan. But he did or have Matt an opinion Lodge. on. Him. <laughs> <laughs> How about this? So we'll, we'll leave the ball in Eagle Dan's court. Actually, do you know what? Bugger it. Next week, Eagles. Let's Dan, get him on. You're on. Let's get him on. If Manly win, you're telling us why they win. If they lose, you're telling us where it went wrong. The invitation's there, Eagle Dan. So you get in contact with uh, uh Faye. Faye will be the one answering. Faye Dingle is the one that will answer she'll, the phone. Um, she'll, she'll she 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 means if, he, if she message if he messages one of us, she gets hold of it. Yeah, don't, yeah, we'll let him on. We've got some pull. But um, oh, oh, yeah, uh, the shout out there. This will this will test to see if Eagle Dan listens all the way to the end. <laughs> Fair dinkum. It's the poor bastard has hung on for three hours and twenty five. And you know what? Same with same <laughs> with Michael. Same yeah. Michael. Yeah. The other thing eh? I was thinking, like just just thinking out there, we talked about Juzzy. I, I think this the, the the hidden talent there could be some some super coach or fantasy tips there right oh he is he is good on the super coat he is tops on the super coach look he he is very good we haven't ran this past anyone we have just mentioned no no it could just be us get excited this could be 2022 carpool rugby league new heights never fear next week we have the grand final qualifiers in episode 99 the week after the grand final episode 100 it's all happening. Doesn't matter who you support. It's exciting. If you're a fan of Carpool Rugby League, there's always something to look forward to. And um, hey, Graham. Yes, Shane. 
Can I listen to some? Can I listen to some Busy Kingdom? Yeah, I think you've had enough, have you? Hi, Shade Shadow's ready to head off. The kids are making chicken nuggets. Unfortunately, they were ready two hours ago. Thank no. you, everyone, for listening. No. Thank you, fellas. We love it. Thank That's you, Graham. As always, up. thank you, Griffo. Good luck to your team this bye week. Bye-bye, gentlemen. Bye-bye. You know what I don't have time for? Broken hearts.